Hello there, and welcome to Speaking and Listening, the first in what I hope to be a long-standing series of podcasts wherein I, a complete idiot, have a chat with people who are essentially my betters. In today's episode, I have a chat with someone I got into an argument with over Twitter. His name is Richie. He is a well-rounded, very interesting and intelligent man. And if you are into having your mind opened, you're in for a real treat. I have a question for you. Actually, I have several yeah. questions, some mm-hmm. of which are um, morally reprehensible. But okay. My, my question to you mm. is freedom of speech. Is it absolute? Can it endure no matter what? Yes. Right, okay. Abs- ab- absolutely. It's, a found- it's the foundation of mm. every single right that we, we have enshrined in law. Right. Without freedom of speech, we can't have freedom of thought, we can't have freedom of association, and we can't have the freedom to live our lives the way we see fit. Mm-hmm. Everything that we have from a rights perspective across the world, everything stems from the right to be able to have freedom of speech. And I'm not talking about um, like what's enshrined in the American Constitution, Mm. Um, because that's all about, you know, preventing a government from censoring your speech. Yeah, that that's the was it the government from being an overbearing bunch of douchebags. Exactly, and they were protections yeah. that were put in place by the founding fathers to enable people mm. to have the right to not only speak freely but associate freely, to believe what they wish freely the 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 rights to uh, freedom of religion or freedom from religion all stem from that first amendment of the constitution and that that says a lot because being the very first amendment that they put in mm. shows that they understood that the ability to speak the ability to be able to organize and express ideas are all vitally important for the freedom of any nation and any society. Mm. So, I mean, one of the fundamental tenets of freedom of speech is that you have to accept that not only do you have freedom to say what you want, but other people who you might disagree with or might find reprehensible, they have that freedom too. Mm. And if you try and stifle it from one group, then every group's at risk. Okay. Well, that's the great thing about America, is is that they also decided it might be fun to enshrine in their constitution the... uh... Mm. The, the the right to shoot anyone who tries to violate their con- constitution, yep. which was nice of them, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, follow up question. Mm. Follow up question for you. Yeah. All right. Okay. If you could, and I know this is like a massive generalization. Yes. It's a huge generalization. Yeah. This is. If you had a time machine. Mm-hmm. And you went back to 1932, yeah. And you met a certain German person, mm-hmm. and you removed his right to free speech, yeah. But in so doing, you made sure that Second World War did not happen. Mm. Is that something that you would do? No. Okay. No. Even Fair even though what happened during the Second World War and the rise of Adolf Hitler and everything, um. Even though it would it would protect millions of lives and you know see the see the the countries that we live in not be as affected as we still are today by what happened in oh, yeah. World War Two, 
Um, people, under freedom of speech, people have the right to be wrong. Mm. And he was very, very wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but but his ideas and all, all of the things that he talks about in Mein Kampf and things like that, they, they come from... Um, they come from Nietzsche. So, an, mm. an a bastardization of what Nietzsche said in, in his books and in, in his philosophies. So, mm. the only way, you know, if you're going to remove the right to freedom of speech from Adolf Hitler, um, yeah. you would also then have to travel back and remove the right for Nietzsche to philosophize the way that he did. Hmm. And okay. then yeah, you have that, to yeah, go back and, and start removing other philosophies that inspired Nietzsche. Mm. And therefore, we wouldn't have the philosophy, like liberal philosophy, like we have today, um, like, yeah. like, we, like we saw um, written by John Stuart Mill. Mm. These, are, these are all, you know, if people don't have the right to speak, then we don't have the right to question. Um, we don't have the right to explore mm. ideas, whether they be reprehensible or fantastic. Um, mm. You could ask the same question: Would you go back in time, and in order to prevent the horrendous deaths, the hundred million deaths that were being caused by the by communism, would mm. you go back in time and remove Karl Marx and Frederick Engels' right to publish their books? Mm. Some well, some people uh, would agree, yeah. Yeah, but, some would, and some would say no. And some would say yeah. no, because a, a lot of the tenets of, of more liberal socialism stem from some of the ideas that Marx and Engels wrote about. Okay, and that's that's it's a good answer. Mm. It's a good because obviously you have to apply the rules uh, equally to everyone. Exactly. I think part of the problem is, uh, at least for me, mm. at least for me, is that when you see people in positions of responsibility, mm -hmm. and when they, because I remember what I, what I popped on Twitter, and I think that's what kicked you off, which was the term abuse. Yes. Of freedom of speech. Yeah. yeah, that that was. Yeah. That's like red rag to a bull. That. Was. Oh, it was. It was like you you, you danced <laughs> yeah. into the middle of the arena with your with your tight shorts and your floppy hat and started waving at me and going, <laughs> "Come on, come on, Ed Bully, come on, come get me, come on, come on." Mm -hmm. Um, well, I I don't need to kind of clarify my point. You understood it mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. Like, do you think that perhaps those who are in a position of responsibility should maybe not censor themselves, but maybe be a little bit more mindful of what they say, lest their actions have kind of like follow on consequences? Like, um, and by that, I mean, like, you have cause, effect, and then you have, like, the after effect, as it were. So, like, cause, someone popular stands in the middle of the street and says, uh, I hate them them dirty blue people from the moon. Mm. And then you've got the effect, which is people go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of the moon people either. Or they might go, oh, fuck off. Yeah. But then the effect after that is that because someone in a position of responsibility has stood up and said, I don't like blue moon people. Mm -mm. There might therefore be repercussions against, and I can't believe I'm saying this, blue moon people. Um, I I can understand the worry behind that. Absolutely, mm. I understand the worry about that. Some people will be influenced by things that other people say. Um, and some people will be, will just go along with something because it confirms their biases. Um, mm. But... 
the issue that you have there. That's not an abuse of free speech. It's an exercise of free speech. And mm. the best way to challenge bad ideas is with good ideas and mm. test them out in the marketplace of ideas. And the the bad ideas fall away. Like, I mean, look look at look at how we've been since the early twentieth century. Look at the things that have changed because people have exercised their free speech, for good or for ill. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, you've got you've got people. I mean, one of the key things you've you've said there is about people with authority. Mm. Well, it dep- How do you get? How do you decide who has authority over something? How do you decide that? Yeah, how do you how do you decide that this person now has authority, and therefore has a responsibility? Honestly, I think people do it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'll give I'll give you an example. Mm. I'll give you an example. Take Boris Johnson. Oh, I'd rather not. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> take 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 him as 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 an example. Now, the thing mm. the thing about Boris Johnson is that he wasn't actually voted in. No, we had David Ca- uh, David Cameron, mm. and bearing in mind people were voting for the party, not for the person. Uh, technically incorrect. People were voting for a representative in their ward. Ah, right. right. Okay. Okay. That that's 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 how that's how British politics works. We we don't vote for a, a prime minister. We vote mm. for a local representative, and if the local representatives are of a majority of a certain party then that party is able to form a government and the leader of that party becomes the de facto prime minister but we're not voting for a prime minister we're voting for a local representative that's going to represent our interests or the majority interests of the of everybody who lives in specific wards across the uk okay well there you go every day's a school day it is it, it is, is. Yeah. but it's 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 kind of frightening that people do think in the UK mm. that our parliamentary system means we're voting for the prime minister, mm. and and we're not we're not, and we never have. You mm. know, this isn't this isn't like you know you you vote you you vote Democrat or Republican over in America to get your House majority, yeah. but then the president can be from either party, depend regardless of who has a majority in the House. Yeah. Whereas our parliamentary system is built upon the government is formed by the party who has the most seats in Parliament yeah. or a certain number of seats in Parliament enabling to form mm. a majority and therefore they form a government on the back of that. That's why when Cameron was voted in in 2010, he, he wasn't voted in in 2010. That everything was so split, he had to form a coalition with the Liberal Democrats, right? Now he could have formed a coalition with Labour and would have had a vast majority, mm. but they couldn't do a deal with Labour, so they did a deal with the Liberal Democrats, and and, and we saw the same again when Theresa May had her um, snap election, mm. which saw the massive majority that she that the Conservative Party had had at that point get. Um, utterly obliterated mm. and then they had to reach for the uh, make a coalition with another another par- another parliamentary body which in that case was the DUP mm. so in that case we, it, there's a fundamental lack of understanding about how parliamentary politics works in the UK 
And I think I've just demonstrated that. Yeah, yeah. But you're, but the thing is, you're not alone in that. In fact, oh, right. in fact, your level of knowledge is probably the the vast majority of people's level of knowledge of the mm. of the parliamentary system in the UK, and it's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. We've got <laughs> we've got a failing in education. Quite frankly, uh, and it's a fail. Yeah. It's a failing in education yeah. that 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 transcends whichever party's in power, mm. because we're not yeah. we're not being taught basic civics of the yeah. UK. How how yeah how our government works, how you can get things through mm-hmm. uh, through Parliament, etc. Et oh, okay, um, okay. Um, well, uh, back to my original point yeah. about people taking power mm. or or gaining authority. Yes. Rise. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say Boris Johnson because you know once the the Tories got into power, mm-hmm. we had uh, David uh, David Cameron, yep. and then Theresa May, yep. and now without anyone actually voting for both, well, without the public voting for Boris Johnson, mm. we now have Boris Johnson, mm-hmm. and you know that's fine. That's that's how our society works. Yep. And, you know, that's essentially what we've voted for. The only problem with it is, is that now Boris Johnson has this authority mm. and he is essentially one of the figureheads of our country. Yeah. He now has that power. The British people didn't say, we want you specifically to have this power. No. And the, I think personally, the problem with that is, hey, the guy, the guy's a fucking clown. Right? He is absolutely, and yeah. we've th- this. This isn't this isn't knowledge that we've come to since he became prime minister. Oh God, no! We 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 knew this decades ago. <laughs> yeah, the whole letterbox thing. Well, not even that. I mean, uh, 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 let, let's address the letterbox thing because that that's also an issue of freedom of speech as well. Um, but Ooh, it's yes, but it it's also an issue of a lack of understanding of what Boris Johnson actually was talking about in the article. I'm not a fan. Hmm. I'm not a fan of Boris Johnson. I think he's a fucking clown and an idiot. Mm. And the way he comports himself is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. Yeah. that article where everyone refers to about the, the, the letterbox and the, the um, uh, what was it? Mm. What was it? Watermelon smiles. Okay. This wasn't him stating that that's what he believes these things are that was him referencing other people mm. yeah he was passing comment on the way other people were talking about it mm. while at the same time mm. saying you know you know years ago we uh, people were referring to people from africa as pickaninnies with watermelon smiles and this is not a thing that we do mm. anymore blah 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 he was actually mm. talking against those points but people have mm. taken those articles out of context and mm. used those as a demonstration that Boris Johnson is a racist. Boris Johnson isn't a racist. In fact, the vast majority of people in the Conservative Party aren't fucking racists. Mm. But we have a problem now where, you know, and it, 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 it's, people are free to say it. People will call him a racist. People will call him a bigot. People mm. will call him a homophobe, a transphobe, and all of these things. Not based upon anything that he said or done, but based upon the fact of the political party that he represents, which isn't any of those things either. I think 
if I could just interject, mm. I think, yeah, people always like to go, oh, they're Tories, therefore they, they hate people who aren't like them. Yes. But I think that's, that's only half the problem. Mm. I think part of it also is that it's the press as well. Yeah. And you, yeah, you, you can have like any event. Like you, Boris Johnson could just stand up and, and say, I don't know, he could just hold up a pair of nail clippers mm-hmm. in Parliament. Mm-hmm. And The Guardian would say, oh, Boris Johnson held up his nail clippers and it means X. And then the Daily Mail will say, oh, no, it means Y. You know, different things. Mm-hmm. But the only fact of the matter is he held up a pair of nail clippers yeah. in public. So that's, I think that's also how people get imbued with this, uh, this, this authority is because it's, it's what people are told. Yeah, it is. It is. And that, uh, and that's another fundamental part of freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Mm. So long as they don't lie, mm. they can say whatever they like. Because when they do lie and they publish, therefore they, they fall foul of of defamation laws and, and things like that, which mm. can then be addressed in the court system. Then they have to print retractions and things like that. But let's 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 be a bit honest about how... The Guardian would perceive that he they wouldn't perceive it that Boris Johnson held up a pair of nail clippers and it means this. They would say Boris Johnson threatens the other side of the aisle with a sharp implement. <laughs> yeah, that's that's mm, I can yeah, very much see that. Yeah, that's spin. Mm. You know that that is that is spin from the media who aren't. This is a problem that we have with the media worldwide, not just in the UK, not just in America, but everywhere in the world. Because we have freedom of the press, we also have, you know, the press have the freedom to say whatever they like, Mm. so long as it's based in fact and it's not an outright lie or defamatory or something like that. However, they get captured by the political ideologies of the people who edit and own the papers. Yeah. Or edit and own the news organisations. And you've got people from one side of the aisle will say, that's all rubbish because it comes from The Guardian. And you've got people from the other side of the aisle going, that's all rubbish because it comes from The Daily Mail. Yeah, yeah. Then what you need to do is is read both comparatively and find out what the actual facts are because they're the things that are going to be mentioned by both of those news organisations and you can extract the truth from the ideological spin from it. The sad thing is, politics in the UK has become like like the tribalism of football teams. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm an idiot. You'll have to explain how that works to me. Okay, well, but, well but the tribalism of well the tribalism of football teams is, is is quite simple and you can see it played out in in certain cities or between certain cities um in the country. I mean uh, Newcastle United and Sunderland AFC. Right. Okay, that's a prime example that I've been aware of my entire life. Mm. Everyone everyone from Newcastle hates Sunderland. Mm. And everyone from Sunderland hates Newcastle. Right. From a football perspective. Because they follow their local team, regardless of how well their local team are doing. Right. 50,000 people and up to 60,000 people a week or a match will turn up to support their team because it's their local team. 
not because they've sat down and made a comparative analysis of what's the best team yeah. or which which team which team plays better or plays fairer there's no sportsmanship blah 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 mm. they don't do any of that it's just basically dis my team cuz dis where i'm from right and it plays out very much the same way in politics you'll notice that um you know i mean in the last election when what we call the red wall fell these were these were districts and wards that had never voted conservative in their entire existence yeah. since the wards themselves were drawn up drawn up they very staunch labor because they were very working class places but what they've seen over time and this is where it differentiates from from football tribalism mm. football tribalism will have you follow your team regardless of how well they're doing and how good their players are yeah they'll still follow they'll still follow and it doesn't it doesn't matter you know Newcastle United haven't won a haven't won a trophy since the Fields Cup back in the back in the 60s oh my god but still 50,000 people will go to that match and support that team and will continue to support that team mm. it's the same politically until the political party transgresses what the fundamental reason that political party exists for yeah okay so the labor the labor movement labor labor party parliamentary labor party the labor party at large mm-hmm. um was there to was there to sort of give voice to the working class in the uk yeah yeah that's that's why they create why they were created and it's why they existed however they've lost touch with the working class in the UK because the Labour Party has been captured by a socialist middle class. Mm. Absolutely, completely, 100% captured by a socialist middle class who want to see things get better for them but really don't give a shit as to what's going on and dealing and what the average working person you know the the person who goes and works behind the till in a shop or 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 goes and works as a laborer or something like that they don't give a shit hmm. they don't give a shit about them and in fact they demonize those people based on a far left ideology which permeated itself into the labor party and became really really abhorrently disgusting in when um, Jeremy Corbyn took over as leader and we saw a massive influx of membership to the Labour Party Mm. in order to get Jeremy Corbyn to become the leader of the party Mm. now that wasn't an influx of working class people that was an influx of middle class people. These are people who have gone to university, who have studied, you know, politics or studied, you know, whatever, um, and gotten degrees and are the higher middle wage earners mm. in the UK. And they decided that it wasn't le- the Labour Party's not left enough for them. Mm. So they pushed hard and whipped up a whole bunch of people to come and pay their dues, become mem- car carrier members of the Labour Party mm. in order to get a populist to lead the Labour Party mm. yet yeah, these are the same people who cry out that there's a major problem with populism in in politics across the world 
which there is, but it's not tied to the right wing. Mm. It's not exclusive. It's not exclusive, and it's never been exclusive to the right wing. It exists in every political ideology and every political philosophy. Certain things become popular over time because they appeal to a certain demographic, and then that demographic captures the political sphere Mm. for their wing and takes it off into a place where the average working-class Joe sitting there going, they don't represent me anymore. Mm. What options do we have? Well, in the UK, we've only got two options, even though we've got three major parties. Mm. We only have two options. Who could ever form a government? We've seen the decimation of the Liberal Democrats because they 100% turned on the working class in the UK. Mm. And Labour turned on the working class in the UK by calling every single white working class person. And let's remember that the UK is a majority white nation and has been since before England existed. Mm. Mm. 83% of the populace is white. And the majority of them are working class. Mm. But they've been tarred with a brush of being white supremacists, bigots, racists, homophobes, transphobes, all of this, simply because they're like, that shit isn't important to my daily life. Mm. So when it's put to the public, what do you, what do you want? You know, do you want Brexit? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want the other? The talking shops in the political parties, which they're free to say whatever they like, have utterly ignored the people who have been saying to them for years, mm. we're having problems and no one's looking at them. And we make up the majority of the populace. And instead, we're being demonised as bigots, Nazis, racists, homophobes. Right. And it's simply not true. And that's where freedom of speech can't be damaging because we don't have other people being allowed to step up and say, no, you're wrong. Mm. Because the moment they say, no, you're wrong, other people come out and say, that's disgraceful, you shouldn't be able to say this and you shouldn't be able Mm. to say that and you shouldn't be able to say the other. That's why freedom of speech is important because it gives voice to the voiceless. Mm. And who decides who the voiceless are? In in an ideal world, hmm. me. <laughs> but, but, sorry, sorry, because <laughs> I know you've you've been going on for like a good ten minutes about um about politics. I just thought, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to you know, got to try and get a joke in. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, um, no, you know, you you certainly do raise a point, especially when you said like there's the problem of freedom of speech, but it's also mm. exactly the same as why it's needed yeah that's why it's needed um yeah not everything's got pros at all there's also mm. cons to everything and the, the the pros of freedom of speech are the mm. ability to articulate ideas the ability to speak out against things that are happening to you or to your community or to society as a whole mm. and the problem that we face is other people trying to shut down that speech mm. or compel certain types of speech yeah whenever someone says you can't say this mm. that just makes me want to fucking say it <laughs> yeah 
that that really does because if 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 nobody's allowed to say something there's an entire sphere of thought that just gets shut off it's kind of, it's kind of like keep your hand out the cookie jar isn't it yeah and it's like oh yeah. no i'm gonna stick my hand in now you you've pissed me off it's time yeah you've told me i can't have a cookie well i'm having all the fucking cookies <laughs> well that's the problem if you eat all the cookies mm. there's no cookies for anyone else Exactly, and if you try and hoard all the cookies, then nobody gets a cookie. I know it's fucking awful. Mm. Cookieless, and I want I want my cookies. Mm. All right, I, I wanted to because I was thinking about this sort of thing uh, over the weekend. I was thinking about this over the weekend, and I, I've come up with two two instances where freedom of speech could be altered, as it were, and I kind I want to get your your gauge. Um, I'll do the most fantastical one first because it's ridiculous. Go for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of want to see where it goes, and then I'll do the like the invention of lying. I suppose you could refer to it. But mm. <clears throat> so, say you have a, a like a post scarcity society. Yeah. Like yeah, you watch Star Trek, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. Watch Star Trek. yeah. All right. Mm. So if we take the episode where Dax and Worf go to Riser and there's a bunch of mm-hmm. dickheads there. If we take that and just kind of forget that happened, mm. then you could consider the Federation, as it were. One big happy family. Yeah. Everyone has the same... Like, there is still, like, freedom of expression, mm-hmm. but it's it's all within a very narrow kind of guideline, a very narrow moral guideline. So, mm. like, ev- so if you meet a Starfleet captain, the president, a man on the street, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you say, how do you feel about aliens? And they'll be like, yeah, they're all right. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, um, oh, I don't know, how do, you, how do you feel about the weather? Yeah, it's all right. You, you're going to basically get the same response out of everyone. There will be mm. no dissenting voices. Yeah. So... If we continue with this analogy, if there's no dissenting voices, then freedom of speech essentially becomes redundant. And it's, I, I wouldn't say it's not necessarily no longer required, but it doesn't really get exercised. So my question to you is, in a place like that, mm. is freedom of speech still necessary? Is it truly redundant? And if you were in that position, how would you deal with it? Well, I, w- I would say definitely in a post-scarcity society, a kind of utopian society like they like they put across in um, in Star Trek. Mm. Um, yeah, freedom freedom of speech would still be important because you are you are looking at a, a vast and diverse galaxy mm. full of different species. Mm who all have evolved throughout the course of their own histories in different ways, and, and that's demonstrated by the likes of the Vulcans, who mm. eschewed emotion for logic, and then you saw the split-off with the Romulans, who sort of embraced their emotional state and uh, and pushed through, you know, pushed through into more militaristic ideas and, and things like that. Mm. But the two are able to coexist in the same galactic space because they're both free to espouse their ideologies. Mm. 
So there has to be tolerance. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, tolerance, yeah. tolerance isn't just about saying, "Oh, well, these people are these people are in a minority." Therefore, we've got to, you know, we've got to accede to what they say and what they have to think about and all of that. Um, instead, tolerance is being able to listen to things that you don't want to hear and accept that that's just the way some people think. Mm. And freedom of speech is important within a tolerant society because, mm. one, it allows you to know what people think instead of deciding what they think for them, mm. which is a problem that we face in our world. Mm. People are being told, you are X, Y, Z, therefore you think this, this, this. And they're not listening to the words that are being spoken by the people who are expressing different opinions and different ideas. You can only come to a consensus about things if other ideas are presented and it is part of the marketplace of ideas still within the Star Trek universe where good ideas rise to the top and bad ideas fall away mm. so you've got millions of years of evolution of different planetary species who've all come to a certain point in their evolution mm. where they have had these discourses with themselves mm. And now they are faced with radically different discourses, but they all manage to come to a consensus about what's right, what's wrong. Mm. And those are based on the fundamental things that they learned coming up to that point. Mm. You can't have a post-scarcity society without it having previously been scarcity, based on scarcity. Mm. You can't have a free liberal society without allowing the people who don't want one to be able to express their ideas and you be able to argument against them. Hmm. So if you shut down all kinds of debate, which they don't do in Star Trek, yeah, that they don't do in the United Federation of Planets, there's always back and forth going on where they are discussing what is morally reprehensible and what is morally right. Hmm. But it's not based upon simple ideology. It's based upon universal experience. And when we are able to exchange ideas, utilizing freedom of speech, we can find out what those universal, what those universal concepts are. That's why when you see religions mm. across the globe, all the different religions, and I'm not just talking about the Abrahamic ones, but all of the different religions have all got one fundamental tenant in common. And that is, treat people how you wish to be treated. It's the golden rule. How did they come to that with all of these different ideas about theology and everything like that? Because it's a universal truth. Hmm. It's something that they've come to over time. If I want to be treated well by someone, and it's based on empathy, hmm. if I'm want to be treated well by someone I need to treat them the way I wish to be treated and that's something that we've forgotten or it seems like we've forgotten and I blame a lot of that on social media I was going to say, I'm going to go to your Twitter feed and apply that <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had to I'm, I'm a go, no, go, um, go. No, no, no. <laughs> um, 
No, no, you've, you've got a point. Like, I like, I like what you say. If I can just kind of condense what you've said into something that mm. I can wrap my brain around, which is that people move forward together. Yes. You know, it's like you've, you know, you've got opinion X. That person's got opinion Y. You come together and you come up with solution Z. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I like that. I do. Yeah. I. I like that. I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm really out of breath. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm going to edit this out of the recording. It's, it's fine. Is, is your heart pounding? Is it? Oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah. oh I'm all aflo- I'm talking to my dog. I think these. I mean, the fact that we're having this conversation hmm. in in a civil and reasonable manner. Oh, off you. Yeah, we're we're able to we're able to converse with each other and and present different ideas, different thoughts. You, I mean, you're you're here not saying to me, I think you're wrong about freedom of speech. Mm. You're asking me questions, yeah, about where I'm coming from, mm. and that's exactly what freedom of speech is about: learning, learning from each mm. other. Yeah, yeah. And understand, you've got to come to it with a bit of humility that I might be wrong about this. Mm. I could be utterly fucking wrong about this. Mm. I could, I, I could be way off base. I don't think I am. I don't think I am because I've, I've, I've grown through decades. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm forty-four years old now. I've grown through decades where I've, I have seen attitudes in society shift to a more liberal fashion. Back when I was at school in the in the early eighties, mm. you know, calling someone else gay was abusive. It w- it was a way of othering them. It was yeah. a way of, of of singling them out. Yeah. Now we have a society, and you have to remember this was brought in by a conservative government in the UK. We have a society where we are so accepting of of other people of other sexualities they can get married they can get exactly the same rights as any heterosexual couple yeah so saying like you're gay it's you you could just say huh? and uh, yeah what about it yeah the correct the correct response to oh you're gay is and hmm. yeah. and <laughs> or yes. yeah. if someone then comes back with well it's against God and everything you know where they stand you know what their position is and you know why they think that way mm. because they've had it drummed into them through through their sphere of influ- their sphere of influence that you know being gay is wrong yeah it's a sin against God but even now we've got the Pope saying don't have a go at people who are gay yeah uh, it's interesting you mentioned the the, the gay Point. Because mm. there was something in uh, it was something in the news um, mm. earlier, uh, I think last week. Yeah, it was uh, a gay couple went to look at a house. Yes, uh, oh, you know about this then. I I do. I have uh, heard okay. about this. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so for anyone listening, um, they went to look at a house, and the straight couple were just like, uh, we we don't want to we don't want to sell to you yeah. because it's against our beliefs. Yes. So the the interesting point there, at least at least I think the interesting point is, is that they have um, they have freedom of religion. 
They have uh, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, uh, and of course the the freedom to sell their house to whoever they please. They can veto people. Yes. But the interesting thing is that they do so and they exercise that right Mm -hmm. to the detriment of a gay couple who wish to purchase a house. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? Well, my take on that is that the estate agent who was managing the sale did exactly the right thing and said, we're not going to sell your house for you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the, the estate agent then used their freedom of speech and their freedom of belief to say, well, that's that's fine. You can you can decide you're not going to sell your house to these people, but you can't use us to sell your house. Mm. You're going to have to go and find somebody else. Mm. So there was... It's, it, to, to be yeah. honest, it's 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 unfortunate for the gay couple yeah. that the house that, and you have to remember, they hadn't actually been and visited or had a had an estate tour or anything of that of the house. They'd just seen the house mm. through the estate agent's listing and decided they wanted to go and have a look at it. And at that point, that's when the couple the religious couple who were selling the house said, no, we don't want to sell the house to a, a same-sex couple mm. because it's against our beliefs and blah mm. blah which they are free to do. They're wrong, <laughs> but they're free to be wrong. Yes, they are. And the response to that from the estate agent was, well, screw you then. We're yeah. not going to sell your house. In fact, we don't want the commission from selling your house. Go, go to somebody else. Everyone exercised their rights to free speech. The gay couple exercised mm. their rights to free speech by saying, this happened to us. Mm. The estate agent went, nah, we don't like that. and we're not, we're not allowing these people to sell their house through us. And the people who are selling the house have now got to find themselves a new estate agent who is going to be willing to do that. And with all the press coverage, they're probably not going to find someone. Mm. So they're going to have to sell it privately. Yeah. Which is their right as well. Mm. Your rights end, you know, you've got to go back to the adage Mm. that somebody's rights, it's like a a fist. Yeah. Okay? Your right to throw a punch ends where my nose begins. I have the right not to be punched by you. You have the right to throw a punch. Once those two things come into conflict, then we take it to the law. Mm-hmm. But they're they're 100% free to discriminate if they wish to. Yeah. Because they are not a publicly traded company. They are not bound by the laws of, you know, land sale and and, and real estate. Mm -hmm. They are the sellers of a property who have decided, we don't want a gay couple to buy this house off us. The thing is, someone else can come along, buy that house, and then sell it to the gay couple. Like, yeah, they could just to like spite them, as it were. Which, yeah, which is and ev- and everybody gets what they want. Yeah, everybody wins. Yeah, um, you you bring up a really interesting point actually about law. Mm. Do you think the law in this country is in line, shall we say, with? Uh, with the right to free speech. Uh, and by that, let's say, for instance, there's someone on the street and they're shouting something like, um, 
they got you know those sandwich board people. The end is nigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, and they're shouting something like, "Oh God, the, the blue people are bad. Blue people are bad. Blue people are bad." Mm-hmm. And then the police will most likely, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but uh, they could most likely come in and say, "Come on, buddy, that's that's inciting uh, anti-blue racial hatred." Uh, well, that is exactly what they're doing. Mm. That's exactly what the police are doing, and what the law has stated. Because this is this has already been up to the to the to the Supreme Court in the UK. Yeah, we have one of those. Um, thank mm. you, Tony Blair. You gave us a Supreme Court. Yeah. Mm. We didn't need one, but we got one. Um, <laughs> and Harry Miller, um, who you've probably heard his story. Um, he retweeted. He didn't even write this himself. He retweeted a limerick. Mm-hmm. Um, that had something to do with with trans people. Mm. Um, obviously not in support of trans people. Um, and he received a visit by the police at his place of work, mm. and then at his home, where they came and they couldn't charge him with a crime because he hadn't committed a crime. Yeah, but they recorded what they call a non-crime hate incident. I see. And when they came to talk to him. They said they were there to check his thinking. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that term. Yeah? Yeah. Now, the police themselves were following guidance. Okay? Mm. They were following guidance laid down by the uh, uh, by a, a group of, um, uh, I think, a superintend- chief superintendents or something. Mm. Um, the guidance was that in order to, in order to, to track the rise of hate crime, and things like that, um, they need to make a record of incidents which they believe are motivated by hatred, but aren't criminal. And that gets put on someone's record. Mm. So when you go for a job, um, like one of the jobs I do is I teach um, unemployed and vulnerable people how to edit. Mm. And I have to go through an enhanced DBS check where they check to see if I've got criminal records, check to see if I've got anything on my record that would preclude me from working with vulnerable people. Do they check if you're banned from Twitter? No, no, nah. they don't do that. They don't do that, no. They don't even ask for your Twitter handle. Oh, thank God for that. I uh, know, otherwise you'd be totally screwed. I, I would be, yeah. I was, I was thinking about myself, not you. I wasn't... I was, I was thinking, oh, I think, fuck... I think the vast majority of Twitter users would be because there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on social media which is motivated by bigotry and mm. intolerance, and I'm not talking about what everybody sees and identifies as bigotry and intoler- intolerance, but things like um, the bigotry and intolerance towards certain gender groups, mm. bigotry and intolerance towards certain political affiliation. Which gets back to what we were saying earlier about the the way people uh, paint the Conservative Party, um, who I don't support, but I don't have anything against anyone who supports a political philosophy, unless that political philosophy is so damn far right, it does go into hate. Mm. But there's a lot of bigotry that has been floated around there, and I've actually been banned from a number of subreddits, surprise, surprise, for engaging with other people on the left who are absolute intolerant bigots of anybody who has any kind of, even the most minuscule, right-leaning ideas. Wow. And they classify anything that's said 
out of out, out of the, the the liberal right as being fascist mm. as being intolerant bigoted but they can't look in the mirror and see that their own intolerance and their own bigotry has been worn very much on their sleeve and they get away with it yeah the the, the, uh, the only thing i'm intolerant of is intolerance absolutely yeah. what you should be yeah uh, and and that's that's interesting because that brings up Karl Popper, the the philosopher. That brings up his, um, which was a footnote. This is a footnote in one of in one of his philosophy tomes where he talks about the paradox of intolerance. Mm. Now, a lot of people you've probably seen a cartoon, like infographic thing posted that talks about the the paradox of intolerance. Yeah. Online, and a lot of people will rely on that when being challenged on their own intolerance and bigotry towards somebody from another political wing. Mm. And they'll go, ah, but Karl Popper said. And and what they do is they've missed the other half of what Karl Popper said. What Karl Popper said about the paradox of intolerance is that if we tolerate intolerance, it leads to more intolerance. Mm-hmm. Now that's like, that you know that that's pretty logical. Yeah, if yeah. you do tolerate intolerance, it leads to more intolerance because yeah. then people are being tolerated for being intolerant. Mm. Fundamental paradox. Mm. But he then also says that the way to the way to address this paradox of intolerance is not to shut down the intolerant or react violently to the intolerant or to make the intolerant pariahs in society. Hmm. It's to challenge the intolerance with words hmm. by using our freedom of speech. Now, this comic that floats about and talks about the paradox of intolerance hmm. and attributes it to Karl Popper actually stops halfway through what Popper says and then goes into Marcusean philosophy, hmm. which hmm. is all about destroying discourses that are deemed to be intolerant and doing it by any means necessary. I see. So these people who are posting this thing are thinking I gotcha. <laughs> They've never read these things. They yeah. they don't they haven't read the philosophy. They don't know what is actually being said. They just see this thing and it confirms their bias. And then they post it and say, it's a win. Mm. And it's not. All it does is expose you to the fact that you, like the vast majority of other people on any kind of social media, suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect. The, the what now? The Dunning-Kruger effect. Okay. The Dunning-Kruger effect is something that was discovered um, by by two people, um, Dunning and Kruger, um, who mm. realised that... Um, the only way to understand your lack of knowledge about something is if you are an expert in that thing. Right. And the vast majority of people who believe they understand a thing aren't experts in that thing and don't understand it at all. Right. Okay? Yeah. So you've got people who, who've read maybe the cliff notes on a certain philosophy. Hmm without actually delving into that philosophy, be it a political philosophy, be it a social ideology, any of these things. They they haven't got a grasp of what's actually being spoken. Right. But they believe they know what they're talking about. 
but they don't know enough about the subject to understand they don't understand the subject. Mm. Yeah. And that's the Dunning-Kruger effect. I see. And and that's a major problem. We've got we you know, we've got at the minute we've got the COVID pandemic. Mm. Which thankfully is starting to tail off. But what it's released instead is a Dunning-Kruger pandemic where you get people who will just go out and look for the things that confirm their biases about certain things, be it, you know, treatments for, for COVID or the mm. efficacy of of vaccines. Um, and even, even you know, because they've heard the word RNA in, in response to how DNA is created. Like, oh no, we're playing God. Yeah, they they're, they're like, well, you get injected with this vaccine and it changes your DNA. It's, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. You don't know what you're talking. But RNA, it's 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 when when DNA splits and replicates, it does this, that, and the other, and it's like you know a tiny bit of what you're talking about. Yeah, or they don't understand it's also spread by five G, for instance. Oh yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and, and and all of the all of these um, injections that we're getting just just increase the strength of the five G. Yeah, that's it. It. You know, this it's 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 crass stupidity on mm. a global scale, and it's based on a lack of education and understanding and knowledge. So there's a quote actually that you've reminded me of, mm-hmm. and I think I think it works. It, it, I think it kind of showcases the trouble with social media, which yeah. is uh, you ever watch Babylon Five? Yes. Ah, good, perfect. You will know this one then. Uh, that truth is a three-edged sword. You've got yes. your side, their side, and in the middle is the truth. Yes. You think maybe the problem with social media is no one is looking for the truth. They're just trying to get the other side to accept their version. That's exactly what's happening. That's very astute. It is exactly what is happening. Um, what we're seeing at the moment, it, it, mm. it's, it goes back to the tribalism. Um, people people have looked at certain parts of the political philosophies that they follow mm. and they've gone, that's right, that's the truth, that's the way the world is made. We, we have this problem stemming all the way into academia, into government, into, into, um, into business mm. and the way businesses are going on. I mean, you, you, you hear the, carrion, the clarion cry of, mm. we need more diversity, diversity is better. Mm. That's fundamentally true. However, the ideas about diversity and what constitutes diversity are very, very different depending Mm. on who you are and what ideologies you accept as being truthful. Mm. And the problem is, none of no ideology is truthful. All ideologies are built upon fundamental precepts that differ depending on where those ideologies originated from, who articulated those ideologies, and whether or not anything within that, it's an interpretation of truth. This is what boils my piss on Mm. a regular basis when people say say phrases like, this is my truth. Mm. You don't get to have a truth. You don't own the truth. There is the truth, and there's what you perceive it to be. 
Somewhere in the middle, and that quote from Babylon 5 is absolutely right. Mm. Somewhere in the middle is the actual truth. Mm. I think I think there's one thing I'd like to challenge you on there. And okay. it, it sounds like I'm just like being pedantic with words. But to do it. I've always thought that again, this is going back to Babylon 5, which is mm. that the truth is subjective. And no, it's not. You reckon? Okay. No, it's all definitely right. not. The truth is not subjective at all. How you interpret the facts and how you interpret the truth is subjective. But what is true and what is false is very much objective. But what about the difference between truth and fact? Are they are truth and fact the same thing? Or are no. they No? No. So okay, no, go on, go, on, go ahead. Fact facts are the evidence that reveal the truth. Mm. Okay, facts in themselves aren't true until you look at them all gathered together within a framework. Mm. Okay, now a truly objective frame framework will come to the truth, mm. but we don't have truly objective frameworks. No, we don't. All the frameworks that people utilize are subjective. Mm. They they are they are filtered through personal experience. They are filtered through personal biases and personal bigotries. Mm. So what one person thinks is the truth and what another person thinks is the truth might be completely different. But if you come at the facts dispassionately mm. and objectively, the truth lies within there. Mm. And that's why science works the way that it does. Science isn't about proving something exists. It's about disproving what you theorize is mm. there. You come up with a hypothesis. You study the hypothesis. You look for evidence that the hypothesis is correct. Mm. But you don't stop there. You then have to try and disprove your own hypothesis with additional facts. Mm. If you cannot disprove it with those additional facts then you have come to a theory. A theory that says, this is how it looks like it works. Mm. Scientists don't give a flying shit <laughs> if another scientist comes along and disproves what they've originally hypothesized They're or theorized. They might, they might be rather happy about it, actually. They are usually fucking ecstatic about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because, from a scientist's point of view, it expands the knowledge of the universe. Hmm. There is. It expands what we know. Yeah, there's one fact, as it were, or truth, yes. and you move closer to it with every step. Exactly. But you can't get to the truth hmm. if you don't take on board people who have a different perspective on it. And you don't get to the truth if you don't challenge. Mm. So it's interesting what you said. You said that there is, you know, that here there is a fact and mm -hmm. then you have some and then you have one person's truth, one person's mm -hmm. version of the truth, and mm -hmm. then you have another person's version of the truth. Yes. So wouldn't that make truth subjective as in it's in the eye of the beholder? No. Okay. No, because there is mm. that third way, which yes, is the is. truth. Mm. 
and the the truth of a situation or the truth of a statement or the truth the truth of a belief that never wavers mm. my truth is yeah my truth is this my truth is that and exactly like the same Babylon 5 it's actually in the middle somewhere yeah yeah Okay, brilliant. Well, we've agreed on something. Um, we have tea, tea and crumpets, I suppose. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think so. Tea and crumpets could be a good thing. Although I now have to learn how to make crumpets. I've got bread down, bread and pies, but crumpets not so much. Uh, it's not going to work between us, mate. It's, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, all right. So, what about what about lying? The, in- the invention of lying. Mm-hmm. Falsity. Yeah, passing off that which is false as that which is true. Mm-hmm. Now... What about it? Well, I mean, you're a parent, right? I'm a what, sorry? Parent. You're a parent. Yes. You're yes. Parent. Yeah. And... Obviously, like, all parents tell their children, don't lie, it's bad. Yeah. And then all parents will inevitably lie about something, you know. It could mm-hmm. be could be to like the two year old about you know where the cat went or yes or you know. And then of course those who are told lying is bad, they will then grow up and of course tell their own lies, as mm-hmm. it were, probably to their own children about that that same or different cat. Yeah. So if you pass off something that is false uh, something that is true i.e. lying mm-hmm. is that not necessarily abuse of free speech is or is it how would you classify it would you say it's it's suppression of uh, of free speech or is lying something completely different um what well, I Lying is something completely different to the um, to the expression of free speech or the suppression of free speech or the abuse of free speech, mm. um, okay. because there are different motivations behind lying. Oh, I love that. It's, yeah, there you, are. You've cut right through it and said you've got X, you've got Y, but why? Why do people yes. lie? That's why do people lie? So why do, why do we lie to our child about where the cat's gone? Yeah. Well. Yeah. You don't want to we we lie because you don't want to upset your child. You, yeah. you you want to wait a little bit longer until they're a bit more emotionally mature before they start to understand the concept of mortality. Because when you begin to understand the concept of mortality, you understand that your life is finite. Mm. And existentially for a child, that can be very, very, very upsetting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to think that someone has disappeared or something has disappeared and they're never going to see it again. Yeah. Okay, it's something that a developing mind finds very hard to comprehend. Mm. Now, the reason why people do it isn't that cerebral. Mm. They do it because they don't want their child to be upset. Mm. Because they're trying to protect their child from something that they're not quite ready for. Mm. Yeah, so it depends upon the motivation behind the lie. We lie every day. Oh yeah. Nobody is one hundred percent honest. 
Some people will lie to self-aggrandize. Mm. Some people will lie to do damage to somebody else. Mm. Those motivations are important. Okay, that's why we got the concept of a fib mm. or a white lie. Yeah. A lie that is said in order to protect the emotional state of the person that you're lying to. Mm. That could be something that we refer to as an honourable lie. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah, I like yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. But then you have the other side of the coin. Lying is sometimes a good thing. A lot of the time the lies that we get upset about are where those lies are spoken in order to damage, mm. in order to hurt, in order to cause emotional, physical, financial, social damage. Yeah? Mm. Which is why, you know, we, we we have to start looking at things like when, when people lie about abuse. Yeah. When people lie about... Uh, and this is something I've just come across recently. I don't know if you if you've seen any of it on, but but TikTok, mm. which I've never really delved into, but just recently I've I've become aware that on TikTok there are hundreds of thousands of people, right, lying about having mental disorders. Why? Because it gives them clout. People come to them. Oh, you got a mental. Oh, you got this mental disorder. Oh, you've got that. And and one of the really, really, really bad places that you see it is people who pretend to have disassociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what you know about disassociative identity disorder or what is known as multiple personality disorder. If it's if it's just what you've seen on Split and uh. and Glass, then. Uh, I've, I have no. spoken uh, fairly regularly, actually, with someone who has multiple personality disorder. So I I know a bit. Mm. Of, that's I know enough to know that I know nothing. Put it that yeah. way. It's incredibly rare. Mm. Incredibly rare, and even I mean, even to the point where some of the most um, some of the most famous examples of dissociative identity disorder. Um, we're still not 100% sure that it's true. Mm. However, in the psych- in, in the psychological and psychiatric sphere, what they've postulated is disassociative identity disorder. Um, it create it's created through trauma. Mm. Okay? It's created through trauma where people's psyche splits and breaks into different yeah, it, it it shatters into different personalities. Yeah, because the trauma. T- sorry, yeah, because the trauma yeah. is so bad. It, it, you know, you can't yeah. cope with it, so you have to disassociate from it. And, yeah, yeah. And the the identity that is created through that trauma is usually a reflection of the trauma as it happens. So you will you will have people and. Disassociative identity disorder is incredibly rare in being diagnosed in anybody under the age of 30. Mm. Okay? Incredibly rare. Incredibly rare to the point where it's like 0.001% of the human population have been verified as having this. Now, it's not to say that it's not true. 
But in some cases, people have... And I, I blame the internet once again for this. Mm. Um, people have seen that mental illness and things like that will get you compassion online. Mm. Okay? Because the vast majority of people will feel compassionate to somebody who has a problem. Mm. The vast majority of human beings. Because we're empathetic creatures. Mm. Just like every other creature in the in the animal kingdom has empathy. Maybe not my cat. No, your cat still has empathy, just maybe not for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> St- stands to reason from what I've seen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's probably very empathetic to mice and rats and things like that, going, you know what, I'm not going to fuck with you, but I'll fuck with him. Yeah, yeah that guy, but, fuck him. But we see, we see the demonstration of empathy and empathetic characteristics throughout the animal kingdom. We we have um, we have videos that people post up on YouTube and things like that of of like a lioness protecting a gazelle that it's found as a baby mm. and is raising a gazelle a, a lioness yeah. raising lunch. <laughs> Not for farming purposes, but they will actually protect that animal mm. no, to its I've, death. I've seen it with um, wait, uh, it was a it was a cat. It mm-hmm. had recently given birth, and it was kind of just flooded mm. with um, kind of bonding hormones, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 a duckling just rolls in, and, yep. the ca- and the cat's just like, "Yeah, come on in. You can you can have a nipple as well. Go on, you go yep. for it." And uh, yeah. Basically, raises it as uh, as one of its own, sees it as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They 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 every animal exhibits empathy. And now people either are, empathy for its own group or empathy at large. And now people are abusing that. And now people are abusing that. That's Be- because that's people. Shit. Are, it is shit. It yeah. is. It, it's absolutely disgraceful because there are people out there who have mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Who have mental health issues, and it's it's um, have you have you heard the concept of stolen valor? No, I haven't. Right, stolen stolen valor is where people present themselves as maybe have uh, as as being a veteran, right. yeah, like an arm an army veteran, right? Okay. Who's fought in a war, and then it transpires that they didn't, but they've done it because people. Empathise with them. You've been through hell. You've been through this. You've been through that. Oh, thank you for your service. I I try to say that to anybody in the military mm. I come across. Thank you for your service, because they're willing to do the thing I'm far too cowardly to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I talk a good job about freedom of speech and all of that, but I'm 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 not going to strap a gun to myself and go out and protect it. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm but a massive there are there are other people out there who do do that, who mm. are willing to put their lives on the line for the security of their friends, their family, and fucking strangers across their nation. Yeah, just yeah. so people like you and me can talk about it. Exactly. Internet. Yeah. So we so we can sit there in our in our cushy little places while they're out there in a desert somewhere, being shot at, being blown up, being killed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So people have a reverential respect for those in the armed forces. Mm. 
Not so much for the people who send them to war. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah, true. but for those who serve, we have a reverential respect for them, and some people will lie about that in order to get that reverential respect that they hmm. couldn't get any other way. It's the same thing with people who claim to have mental illnesses on TikTok. People who claim to be filming their switches. Yeah? Mm-hmm. When when their altar comes to the fore. And they filmed it. Oh, this is this is me switching. And it's bullshit. Wow. That's... But they get the dopamine rush of people empathizing with them. Of people saying, poor you, how do you deal? How do you do? Oh, do, do, do. People fake fucking Tourette's. Talk to somebody who actually has Tourette's. It's not a happy thing. It's not a thing they want to have as their identity. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There's um, Sweet Anita. Have you seen her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. Like She's told a few uh, a few tales about her Tourette's. Yeah. Over the, over the few years, and it's like... You know, it's it's not a lot of people just think Tourette's is you know swearing at inappropriate times. It, it's not the the yeah, ticks that they have. It's physical, and it's yeah. it's an emotional roller coaster for them as well. Because mm. can you imagine not being in control of yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, she had uh, she said once that she she brought a boy back to her um, to her place. Mm. I believe it flares up when when people get anxious, or there's a sense of anxiety. And with her, it's like obviously she was quite, you know, in the moment. And she did what young young girls do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and afterwards, the guy, um, the guy was like, "Oh, well, now what?" And so she punched him in the dick. Mm-hmm. Can can you imagine that? Just like, yeah, you're you're right. It's not just swearing. It's like it's, your life is hell. You yeah. can't like. Can you can you try and form a, a close bond with someone? When, through you know, no will of your own, mm. you physically assault them. Yeah, it's you're right. It's hell. It's hell. It's it's absolute hell. Yet there are people out there who want to do it who, for the clout, who are pretending to have it because people say, "Poor you." Mm. They get empathy and sympathy, and they feed on that like vampires. And it's 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 fundamentally wrong. Say, for instance, every, every absolutely everyone was mollycoddled. All right, mm. everyone was mollycoddled, mm. and no one could conceive of something dreadful yeah. like global war, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the thought didn't even enter their minds. Yeah. Okay. Would that be a bad thing? Do you think? Do you still think there'd be one person out there who goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have one of those world wars and make it really fuck you up, <laughs> you know? Because there is always going to be one person like that. But mm. like, do you think maybe like us as now the el- one of the elder generations are looking back at what what the world will become and perhaps thinking that our beliefs are becoming outmoded? And maybe that frightens us. That yeah, I I think I think you've I think you've hit a hit a point there. That's that's a reasonable point to make. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> at the same time, I would say that 
if it did get to that point where war became utterly unthinkable, mm. that means you'd be utterly unprepared if it happens. Mm. And when it does happen, because there will be people out there who didn't get mollycoddled, there will be people out there, because you can't, you can't say over 7.8 7. billion people will but all everyone... be wrapped in cotton wool. Yeah, that not yeah. not all of those seven billion people are going to be nice people. Exactly. The yeah. only way you can get that is if you control thought. Mm. And when you control thought, you take away freedom. You ever think that maybe that's what parenting is, though? Like, parents? Not... No, parents not about. Well, parents about protecting. But from you, the worst things. But you still kind of attempt to imbue, like any parent, I'm not just talking about you, obviously, mm. but any parent wishes to imbue their values mm. on a child. Yes, we do. Mm. Um, and then, so, so you know, that's why things like, um, like racism, for instance, bigotry, they continue mm. through generations. Mm-hmm. So... Is that not controlling thought? It's influencing thought, but it's mm. not controlling it. It doesn't. It doesn't preclude the next generation from having different thoughts, different opinions, different philosophies mm. that grow up out of experience. Mm. That, uh, but when you yeah. take away the experience and just apply the philosophy or the ideology yeah and state that everything else is wrong that becomes indoctrination mm. and indoctrination is where we end up with the phrase it's not up for debate everything is up for debate Have if it wasn't ever? up for debate yeah. then we'd be in a really shit situation have you ever, just through your personal experience, and you don't you don't have to answer this because this is mm. more a personal question. Mm. Have you ever, not necessarily used that phrase, but have you used that line of reasoning with your children? Something where, you know, there's a rule of the house and it is absolute or have, you know, where obviously you can't have a reasoned discussion with a, with a four-year-old, for instance. Yeah, yeah. But... Or have you, you know, have you actually said, you know, uh, if your child has asked why, mm. you know, have you, have you then said, oh, okay, well, you know, because of reasons X, Y, Z, or have you just had to literally enforce a law and put your foot down and say that's it? This is probably going to make you go, huh? Um, a lot of things do, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I always, always try to explain to my kids why a rule in the house exists. Oh, that's that's perfectly reasonable. And it's I I did exactly the same approach to when it came to punishment. Mm. Um, I believe at times corporal punishment, the striking of a child, mm. is sometimes necessary. Okay. 
However, I set myself a very strict rule that corporal punishment would only happen after the fifth incident of a specific thing. So, the first time my child did the specific thing they were not supposed to do, I'd sit them down, tell them, you can't do this, and this is why. Mm. The second time, I would reinforce it. You can't do this, and this is why. And if it happens another three times, I'm going to spank you. Hmm. I never got to number three with my really? kids and when it was... that that became that became for me the fundamental way I was always going to raise my children because so... I, I I got corporal punishment as a child hmm. when I did things wrong yeah but I had to do something very very wrong before my father took the belt to me hmm yeah? yeah, and as such, I tried to be well behaved. Mm. Didn't always work, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's the deterrent factor that's important. Yeah, um, I don't believe in smacking your kid just because they did something wrong. Whack! Don't yeah. do that. It's don't do that. These because. are going to be the consequences down the line if you repeat this. And if you can reinforce, if you can use that reinforcement, the consequences never come because mm. you give them the opportunity to learn. Mm. And that's something, I mean, that's just my personal philosophy on raising a child. Explain things. Mm. This, is, this is why... Yeah, this is why yeah. you can't do this thing. This is why you have to hold my hand when we cross the road. Because if mm. you don't, and you're not paying attention, you'll be hit by a car. So, it's like if you know, if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, you've mm. managed to, and it's weird that I'm going to say this. Um, you've essentially managed to make the uh, the model citizen, as it were. You don't necessarily say these are rules. Mm. You use reason, yes, and and you re- you use the power of reason. You know, yes, something which separates us from the animals. Yes, except but I... my ex, of course, <laughs> but, but... <laughs> and and mine and oh. mine. Yes, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. You, I mean, there there's a there is a thin line between being dictatorial with your children and protecting your children Mm. and it's a hard line to straddle and you generally find that the parents who just whose response to just because is because they they don't know how to articulate Mm. the reasoning behind it they know something's wrong they they don't want their kid to do the wrong thing and it's not to say that a, a person who lashes out and hits hits their kid once or twice in their lifetime is a bad parent or an abusive parent. There are abusive parents out there oh, who yeah, just exist. raise their hand all the time, and that's why a lot of people have mental mental issues and things like that. But hmm. you, it's being a parent's balancing act with that. 
and you've got to use speech first always so do you think that this could be applied and i i know it's a huge leap but do bear with me Mm. do you think this could be applied to social media people not well challenging to a degree challenging Mm. but rather than just saying no you're wrong actually saying well let's talk because I mean let's face facts I mean you've managed like when was the first time you used this uh, this reasoning ability with your children how old were they um well with my with my eldest um it was when he came to live with me it was when he came to live with me because there were going to be he was going to experience an entirely different household I see. So it's like what seven? He was seven or eight years old. Maybe? He was he was six. He was, he was six, six when he came to live with me, and okay. I I had to sit him down because we're going from weekend parenting to full time mm. parenting. With weekend parenting, what you have to do is assist the other parent mm. by taking on board how they want the child to behave in their home. And things like that, and you, that that requires communication, talking, speech. Mm. Once oh my again. god! Yes, shocking. <laughs> Everything comes back to that. But it's you know you've got you you can have your own rule set in in your home, but you know you you've got to learn what the limitations are placed on them in their own living environment, mm. and incorporate that into your household. Um, if you're any kind of decent. You know, non-resident parent. That's what you'll do. Yeah. Um, but then, when you become the resident parent, you have your own, you know, limits of what they can do and what they can't do. It might be more permissive, or it might be more strict. Mm. So long as it isn't, you know, you just saying, "Well, it's just because." Yeah. Yeah. As long as you can articulate the reasoning behind what you say, that's the only way you're going to get a child or another human being to understand. Mm. And social media, to come to that point, doesn't allow for that. Because it's disposable speech. Disposable speech? Yeah, that's what I call it. It's disposable Mm. speech. It's it's very easy to respond to someone online with, Oh, you're a dick! Mm. Oh, you stupid prick. I do it. I do it myself. I do it 100% myself because you're not... Sat I'm looking in... at a tweet where you did. Yeah. And yeah. it was to me. <laughs> yeah. But you don't, you're, not sitting in, you're not sitting in front of another person having a dialogue. You're not looking mm. that person in the eye. Or you're not hearing that person work out what they want to say. It's, it's bite-sized, disposable speech. So... It's about making an impact in as few words as possible and moving on to the next thing. Mm. So uh, maybe that's the the inherent flaw, as that, it were. You, you can't use the reason you could use with a six-year-old mm-hmm. that you can with another adult. Yes. Because you're... It's because, because of the environment it's taking place in. Yes. You know, and and then also you've got the exactly like you said. You know, if you're speaking face to face with someone, it's generally an awful lot calmer. 
whereas mm-hmm. opposed to if you're you know being a keyboard warrior as it were then yeah. um like plain text for instance dear mm-hmm. god the amount of misunderstandings that have occurred just because people typed in plain text and got the inflections completely wrong yeah um so because of the the nature of social media mm. you can't reason with people yeah because you can't judge tone hmm so because that kind your, of yeah yeah your your brain when you read something you apply tone to it mm. subjectively and that might not be the way it was spoken so does that mean that social media by definition is anti-social media yeah absolutely because it gives the impression of socializing Hmm. but you're not socializing you're getting angry at words on a screen Hmm. words on a screen which have no context no tone no power exactly no power None whatsoever. Social media is 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 the bane of human existence right now. So, so that herein lies the question: Why do we use it? Oh, because we're we're naturally addicted to to socialization, even pseudo socialization. As as human animals, back to the animal kingdom and how we began. The reason why human beings have been so successful is the ability to socialize on mass, mm. yeah, and the ability for social groups to coexist on mass, yeah, or conquer, or on conquer mass. on mass, yeah. instill ideas on mass, um, express ideas, reason ideas through but reasoning an idea through is not always it's not always what I would say is non-violent yeah and that's not to say that words are violence words are categorically not violence no they're they're just just a combination of letters yeah they're they're basically tools that we use to express the reality around us how we describe the world and how we articulate thoughts Hmm. which is why I get very annoyed when people try to apply their own definitions to words that are not you know widely accepted Hmm. yeah and I don't want to get into critical race theory and wokeism and all of I, that. Oh, don't worry. I wasn't. I wasn't planning to. <laughs> yeah. Lord. No, but I could. I could. I could. I could feel my own brain sort of going towards that because that <laughs> is. That is the very. I mean, that's the epitome of what we're talking about now. Mm. Is 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 this what people call woke, mm. where certain ideas are unspeakable. Mm. That's kind of Where, like what we said earlier. If yeah. everyone's monocoddled, war becomes unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Except we're not going quite that far yet. You know, we're no, no. taking the, the the not quite so bad elements of of, yeah. uh, of society and thinking them unthinkable. Mm. But what what you what you find happening with the woke sphere is that they will redefine words out of 
all ordinary concepts, out of all ordinary understanding. Mm. Yet, when they talk about things, they specifically use words that have a totally different meaning to everybody else in society in order to express something so that it seems reasonable. Mm. While they are being wholly unreasonable. unreasonable. Yeah. This sounds weird, but does that mean that Hitler was woke? Yeah. Because yeah, he, he was, yeah, he was putting across entirely unreasonable ideas. Mm-hmm. But making it seem reasonable, which we yeah. all know it wasn't. Yeah. Mm. But that's how he became the Chancellor. Mm. Yeah. He wasn't voted in. He wasn't voted in. But his party became so popular with the working class mm. because it spoke directly to them in terms that they understood but didn't understand what he meant. But I mean I mean look at look at the term fascist. Mm. Okay? Look at the term fascist. Right now in Canada mm. there is a convoy of trucks going to Ottawa to protest against mandatory vaccinations. Right? right. Regardless of how you feel about vaccines. Okay? Mm. Regardless of how you feel about that, it's not vaccines that they're protesting. These aren't people who are anti-vax, right? These are people protesting against being mandated to take something that they may choose not to. The removal of, essentially, the, the right to the sanctity of their own body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, this gets dressed up as a moral issue. Hmm. That anyone who doesn't want to be vaccinated wants granny to die. Yeah. Oh, God, I've heard that one. Yeah. And it's not true. It's no. it's absolutely not true. Some people are full of fucking shit about vaccines. Absolutely hmm. 100%. And this goes all the way back to when the MMR jab first came out. Oh, that. Oh, and you God. had Andrew Wakefield, the famously struck-off physician. Yeah, who I was, was going to say. Yeah. He was a gastroenterologist, <laughs> not an immunologist, a gastroenterologist, who at the time he came up with this concept that vaccines caused autism mm. was at the same time investing money in the development of their own measles vaccine. Ooh, I didn't know In that direct competition with the MMR vaccine. Wow. So he came out and was saying, well, da, 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 he, he put forward this, this paper um, with all of this evidence in it that turned out to be fraudulent. Yet the meme, the idea that vaccines cause autism, sent fear through parents' groups, through holistic medicine groups who fucking loved it. Oh, we love that. Homeopaths and osteopaths and all of these people who are basically fucking quacks. <laughs> Get me yeah? the cabbage leaves to put on my balls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
these mm. people into alternative therapies. Now, they all say, well, because it's natural. Mm. They fundamentally don't understand how we develop medicines. Mm. We develop right. medicines because we found certain properties and certain natural things and distilled them into medicines. Yeah, you just you just take what's good in, I don't know, a leaf, dump yeah. in a load more leaves, and then take out the bits you don't want, boom, concentrated bit of leaf you want, and then that will, you know, that'll cure your... Um, your bum boils or whatever. Yeah, that, penicillin. That's... Yeah, penicillin. The creation of penicillin would not have. Well, the discovery of penicillin, not the creation mm. of it, but the discovery of penicillin would not have happened if they cleaned the petri dishes mm. like they were supposed to, and they I forgot. Was, I thought it was bread. I thought I thought it was on bread where they found. Uh, bread was the culture. Ah, bread was right, the culture okay. medium in the petri dishes and what they discovered was that when they came back after a few days away from the lab they came back and discovered that bacteria were being killed in these petri dishes mm. that had their growth medium be bread based mm. and they got mouldy mm. and it killed these bacteria mm. and they were like well, why did that happen? So then they tested the mould against the bacteria. Buff, penicillin. Hmm. Yeah? A naturally occurring organism. Yeah. I, I heard that... Um, oh, God, who's it? Who it? Alexander Fleming, I think mm -hmm. is his name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this goes to show... It's exactly what you said earlier about the, the political system mm. and how I, I, I'm not familiar with how it works. Yeah. Because... And it's down to education, because this is mm. what I remember from school. Mm. My uh, my teacher told me that it was Alexander Fleming and he found mould on bread mm. and applied it to some boils on his neck. <laughs> that's that's what I heard. That's that's the fucking problem with education right there. That's what it is. Oh, OK, break... OK. In defence of that teacher. Yeah. They oversimplified in order for the children to understand right okay. yeah yeah it's yeah, I... it's it's like you know teaching the difference between between the sexes mm. yeah yeah male and female boys and girls these are mm. the differences between the sexes as you explain it to a child okay when it's... you get all the way up to biochemistry mm. that's when we start looking at karyotypes and gametes and different sizes of gametes and how they interact with each other to create a multicellular organism that becomes the the, the creature born from sexual reproduction. Mm. Yeah? But you tell a kid, when a mummy loves a daddy, mm. they have a special <laughs> kiss, and nine months later, a baby comes out. Hooray! Because it's the easiest way to explain... A very complicated concept like sexual reproduction in a bimodal species to a five-year-old. Mm. Well, that I think therein lies the problem, mm. which is that, like, how can I best put this? You kind of have to revise what you tell people. Mm. Not necessarily as more information becomes available, but like, if I, I like, obviously, what I was told about uh, antibiotics was mm. because I was a child and that was how 
I could understand it. Yes. What they really should have done was they should have gone back, like, I don't know, give another 10 years in education, maybe when I was like 15, 16, something like that, mm. and said, well, right, you were told about this guy putting mould on his boils. Well, actually, it's yeah. a little bit something different. Yes. I, I think that's what they should do. And I, I think it's... I think it's true with like anything you can teach, but you know, freedom of speech, for instance, or mm-hmm. or, or you know, the British parliamentary system. Yeah, you know, you have to. You, yeah, I mean, you, you, you do have, you have to. to expand upon the concept hmm. until you get to the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you end up with uh, people who understand oh, it, just the concept and not the process. Yeah. Or, or I'll, I'll just put this here as a as an example: a forty-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Sitting in front of his computer, mm-hmm. thinking that a man put mold on his boils. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it just goes to under like underscore rather the importance of just talking. Yeah, you know that that free exchange mm-hmm. of ideas. I mean, don't yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, from you know what we've discussed, I, I'm certainly thinking about things an awful lot differently. Mm. I'm still a horrible bastard at the, uh, <laughs> at the end. But, you know, there are some things that, you know, some things that um, that just, I will say, just won't change. Just won't change. But no. I, I just, no, go on, go on. Um, I, I, I think we should, we should um, discuss how we came to this, how we even came to have this discussion, which was about the Joe Rogan situation. Mm, and, yeah, the, and the okay. podcast, um, yeah. because I don't know if you've seen today, but Joe Rogan put out an Instagram post. No, I haven't. Ah, right. Well, he's he's put out an Instagram post, not defending himself or okay. anything like that. Sorry, but, who's that? Like Joe or Neil? Joe, Joe Rogan. Right. Okay. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Instagram. Have a little look. See. Yeah. Now, what what Joe Rogan said is that he's listened to people's. Complaints mm. about, you know, that he's had people on who've been making these claims that are incorrect. He's not out there trying to push misinformation. Mm. He's having conversations with people and allowing them to express their points of view. Now, what he has said is he thinks what would be a good idea is when he has people on with these controversial opinions hmm. that don't go along with the with you know the um, the consensus the scientific consensus that we have on vaccines hmm. and covid and that that he thinks it's totally appropriate that spotify put a disclaimer on the beginning of that podcast and what joe rogan's going to try and do is if he has hmm. someone on with the controversial opinion then he schedules his next one to be someone without that controversial opinion, but with the opposing opinion, so that people can hear and balance the two. Have you like? I don't think that's going to work. Well, and I, the problem and I think... that he falls into is the fact that the people who are having their biases confirmed by the controversial opinion will discount the next one. Exactly, or they yeah. just won't listen to it. Or they just won't listen to it. Yeah. Now, that's not on Joe Rogan. No. Okay? Joe Rogan 
is not sitting there saying, you have to believe this person. He's having a conversation with this person and asking them what they believe and why mm. they believe it and getting that information from them. He's just trying to have conversations with people who he finds interesting. Mm. He's not sitting there going, this person says this and you have to believe it. Mm. The fault isn't with Joe Rogan. It's with people. It's with people as a whole. Now, with regards to... Um, um, with Neil Watts' face. Mm. Yeah. Um, he demanded... He used his free speech mm. to try and shut down Joe's free speech. Yeah. He gave an ultimatum to Spotify. Mm. You can have Neil Young or you can have Joe Rogan. You can't have both. Mm. Now, Spotify made their decision not based on, you know, principles of free speech and free expression at all. They well, made their decision. Yeah, well, they made their decision considering the fact they invested $100 million in Joe in, Rogan in yeah. Joe Rogan and getting Joe Rogan exclusively on their platform because it is the most listened to podcast in the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Young, no matter what you think about him, is not the most listened to artist on the platform. Mm. So if he decides he doesn't want to have his content on the platform, that's entirely up to him, and he's absolutely mm. well within his rights to do that. Mm. Yeah, What he's not within his rights to do is demand that somebody else's content be censored because he doesn't agree with it. And bear in mind, mm. Neil Young is a man who fully, 100%, got behind the GMO is bad controversy. GMO is going to change what we are as human beings with GMO foods and crops. GMO food and crops have had a massive impact on the amount of starving people that are on this planet. Mm. Because they have allowed us to develop crops that are able to grow in less, um, less decent situations for those crops. They've been hardier. And I'm, I'm not talking mm. about like hybrid things developed by Monsanto to prevent people from growing any other type of seed or, or whatever. Mm. But GMO crops that have been designed to be hardier in certain environments, um, resistant to, to um, insects and things like that, so that we're not killing mass swaths of insects mm. and stuff. That reminds me, I need to have a chat with you about eugenics at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a brilliant conversation. I think that I think that might be. I think that might yeah. be. But um, yeah, Neil, yeah. Neil, yeah, Neil Young, who is complaining that Joe Rogan is having people on his podcast who don't follow the science himself mm. with the GMO, didn't follow the science. Mm. The science has proven that GMO crops and, and genetically modified foods are 100% perfectly safe. 
for consumption by human beings and will have no detrimental effect on us whatsoever. I, I remember back in the 90s, mm. uh, apparently like um, Prince uh, Charles, that's it. Yeah. He, had a, he had a take on this. Yeah, he I, did. I, I, uh, and I, I think it was, no, we don't want them. And then at the time, there was also a lot of thought that if you eat, you know, GM crops mm. or anything produced from them, I should say, mm. that it would give you cancer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which which that, was a, yeah. a fundamental lie. Mm. An yeah. absolute 100% lie. Yeah. But Neil Young doesn't see the hypocrisy mm. in his behaviour and his demands to have... Joe Rogan's podcast removed because it promotes misinformation and anti-science, which Mm. it doesn't. He has far more people on there who follow the scientific consensus Mm. than he does people who don't. What he wants to do is what everyone should do, which Mm. is take these bad ideas and bring them into the light because the best disinfectant is sunlight. Mm. So if you allow the people to profess their wrong ideas, then people can question, challenge, and be given the correct information. Mm. The sad matter of the fact is, not many people think like that. No, they, they don't recognise the, the crucible no. that, that conversation can provide. No. Because they don't understand... The purpose of debate. Mm. They think the yeah. purpose of debate is against is about ideas winning. It's yeah. not. It's about ideas being articulated, and people who are listening to the debate drawing their own conclusions. Mm. Progress. Yeah, and if they yeah. draw the wrong conclusion, that's fine too, because. We are allowed to be wrong. Mm. There's there's nothing inherently bad about being wrong. You're not a morally reprehensible person because you're wrong about something. You're a morally reprehensible person if when you are wrong about something, you then use that in order to oppress somebody. Mm. Or in order to restrict somebody else's rights. these That's what's morally reprehensible. Mm. And I'm seeing that a lot with people. Now, I, I, I hold no truck with anti-vaxxers at all. I've got, I've got mm. both my shots and my booster. You know, mm. I suffer from really bad high blood pressure that nearly killed me a couple Fucking of years hell. ago. I ended up in hospital with a suspected brain hemorrhage. Fucking hell. Because of the... Yeah, I'm on, I'm on tablets now for the rest of my life. Oh, don't say that. You'll get so much clout. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> should, should I mention the fact that I'm also being treated for clinical depression? Oh, but, no, no yeah. me too. Me, yeah. You're not getting all that clout, boy. No, no, it's Come my on. clout. It's my clout. I'm That's taking mine. serotonin tablets too. Yeah. But, I'm taking more. Oh, you got a higher dose. <laughs> but it's it's you know I'm not against vaccines at all. 
it's it i think it goes back to what we said about the press and why so i'll give an example like if you're if you're just scrolling through the headlines doing a spot of doom scrolling as it were and you see like something like uh i don't know anti-vax convoy on way to ottawa yeah for instance yeah you're immediately going to think that all the drivers are anti-vaxxers yeah and that's not necessarily the case it's definitely not the case <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and that's that's not that's mm. not the case yeah and and that's the problem i think it it's that it's that modern life like you i used to say this to my counselor mm. which is which is that modern life doesn't give you the opportunity to ask why yeah you know everything is get given to you in bite-sized chunks mm. you know even uh, i think someone did this for a ted talk they were looking at um, google algorithms for instance yeah and they were just like oh right okay i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna google this mm. and um like i think they googled white supremacy or something yeah and um and they got a bunch of articles and then what they did was they went to a completely brand new computer mm. um created another google account mm-hmm. and googled exactly the same thing yep and got a whole load of different responses to mm. the query yep and i think maybe that's that's part of the problem not only is everyone's perspective reinforced all the time because mm. of the algorithm mm-hmm. but also because they don't have time to consider another opinion and they don't have the time to ask why and i don't know what do you think about that oh i've just lost you i can't hear you hello hello ah jesus whoa fuck. hello yeah yeah i lost you this is this is the problem with satellite internet Ooh, Starlink. Yes, I've got I've got Starlink because I can't get decent internet where I live. <laughs> oh, so I've got I've got Starlink, but it's it's uh, it's the dishes sitting on the ground outside the stable yard. So uh, every now and again, my house gets in the way. <laughs> I haven't got round to putting it on a pole yet. But though um, no, you uh, you were just making a point there, uh, and it cut off. Um, oh God. Um. Crap! It's <laughs> all right. You're making a point. You just started making a point. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this might be, and then you disappeared. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, it was it was about it was about the algorithm on 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 Google mm. and yeah and uh, and all of that. And I think this what what people haven't understood about googling something, mm. um, and doing their own research. Is that Google as a business? Their algorithm exists in order to give you more of what you want. Mm. Because the more they give you what you want, the more you visit their website. The more you visit the website, the more you see the advertising that pays for, for their services to, exist. to yeah. exist. So if they're going to continue, to, if they keep feeding you information that you 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 identify with that confirms your biases, you will go and use them more. Mm. Yeah. And that's the problem with that's the problem with YouTube, it's a problem with Twitter, it's a problem with 
mm. all the Web 2.0 stuff because it's based on algorithms that try and hold you on the site. They don't give you a true reflection of all of the information. You just get opinions. You get opinions bias. that match your own. Yeah. Mm. So even if even if you try and even if you try and use incognito mode, the algorithm mm. is still kicking through there. The only what? way, the only way to to use it is to find a, a website that doesn't do that, and there isn't one, because mm. all of them have built these algorithms to keep you on the site longer, to see the advertising more, to mm. get that CPM, to pay them the money that the advertisers have paid to them to get their information to you. It's it's weird. Um, it's going to sound weird. This is a hell of a tangent. Are you a... Uh, uh, you ever play 40k? Not for many, 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 many years. That's fine. That's fine. Are you familiar with the, the, the law? Some of it. I just thought there were cool little miniatures that I could paint and go pew 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 pew. <laughs> I didn't really uh, get into the tabletop gaming though. No. Oh, I did it. I was yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Because um, I, I don't know why I was just reminded of something, mm. which was, and the parallel is not necessarily completely accurate. Yeah, but it kind of goes like this. You have. Um, YouTube, for instance, mm-hmm. or Google, yeah, always starts. It starts with an idea, yes, and the idea is noble. Mm. You know, with YouTube, it should be everyone has a voice, mm-hmm. and now it's everyone has a voice, provided they don't swear and that they don't talk about this and they don't talk about that. Yeah, and the same with Google. Mm. All information should be available to everyone, and now it's. All the information is available to you, as long as you like it. Yeah. And the parallel I had was was the law of of forty k, mm-hmm. um, which was that the within forty k mm-hmm. there is the emperor. Yes. And there is the the demonic powers of the warp, mm. and the only way to defeat the demonic powers of the warp is to not feed them, i.e., you don't believe in it. Right. Okay, you essentially you have something which you could refer to as bad, mm-hmm. uh, in which this analog would pro- uh, provide as um, what we were just talking about: how you're only fed what you're you're given. Mm-hmm. And the emperor said, "Right, okay." Essentially, like Bioshock, um, you know, no gods, mm. no kings, only man. Yeah, and that there is just a single truth. It is scientific truth. Mm. And then, without going too deep, shit gets real. Mm-hmm. And then, 10,000 years later, you've got this guy who was saying, there is, you know, there is only science. Mm. Now, you know, I think one of the things he said was, like, no one will be free until the, the last stone is cast from the last church onto the last priest. Mm. You know, really anti-religious. Yeah. And now he's the centre of a religion. Yeah. And he now, weirdly enough, he kind of needs that religion to survive. Mm-hmm. 
And that was, I think that was written around about the late 70s. Yeah. yeah. And now, you, and when did YouTube appear? Like two, early 2000s? Yeah, I think it was yeah. around about 2004, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Google was, oh God, when was that? I think that was early, earlier, slightly earlier than YouTube, I think it was. Yeah, I remember when Google first arrived. On the internet, yeah, um, it was like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. Um, Whoa! It was it was pushed forward as oh, this is the new search engine. This mm. uh, it's it's been developed by these people at this university and da, 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 before it became a giant corporation. So, do you think that this you know this is a case of history repeating, and maybe we're stuck within this cycle from something that is. Was a set that is essentially fiction, mm. written in the late seventies, early eighties, mm. to the rise of YouTube and Google, which is that it starts off noble mm-hmm. with truth as the kernel, and then it all just kind of ends up pretty much completely opposite. Yeah, well, if you remember, Google mm. as a company used to have a motto, and that motto was "Don't be evil." They don't have that motto anymore. Isn't isn't that unusual? Well, not really, because mm-hmm. oh, you you didn't get the sarcasm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's um, it basically goes back to Nietzsche. If you mm. stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss stares yeah. back into you. Mm. Have you ever read Nietzsche? Uh, I've attempted. <laughs> Badly, yeah? badly. <laughs> it, it, he's, he's, he's very dense to get through. Very, very dense to get through. It's it's a slog and a half. It is. I'll give you that much. It's, the, it's horrendous. Uh, I even tried Proust and then gave up. <laughs> bloody hell. Yeah. I've, the only, I, tried, I tried Nietzsche mm. once. Mm. Because I, I kind of, I wanted to get into, like, this is nothing to do with the discussion. This is yeah. warbling on. Yeah. Um, I just, I wanted to, like, get to the bottom of, you know, God is dead. You know, when you say, oh, God is dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I bought uh, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, mm-hmm. which is completely the wrong book, but never mind. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> fine. Um, and there's all sorts of, you know, fable, well, not fable, parables in there. Yeah. And the one thing that I find... And you could say this happened with, like, Hitler. I mean, I haven't read Mein Kampf. Mm-hmm. But you said that Mein Kampf is based off of Nietzsche. Yeah. And, you know, one of Nietzsche's tenets was the idea of the Superman, the, the, the Ubermensch. Ubermensch, yeah. yeah. Ubermensch. And so that there was this, like, again, and I don't know if you can really compare this to YouTube, mm. but there was the idea that, you know, there is the Ubermensch, and by shedding um, certain ideals, like society being one of them, I think. Mm hmm. You can attain this state of becoming the Superman. Yeah, and then of course, um, as you say, um, that fed into Mein Kampf, mm-hmm. and yeah, then it was taken to a real extreme, mm-hmm. and it went com- it went completely to shit. Well, that, you know, that that's because that's because when Adolf Hitler what Adolf Hitler took from the the Ubermensch and the Untermensch the Untermensch being the opposite the underman mm. um he he applied Ubermensch to 
Aryan people. The, Aryan, the, 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 yeah. the blonde-haired, blue-eyes, physically impressive, attractive people, which is the entire opposite of what Adolf Hitler was. But <laughs> it's very true. It is. Yeah. But what he what he was wanting to do was uh, erase the Untermensch, you know, mm. the those those who would never achieve Ubermensch status. Mm. And he ascribed Untermensch to groups such as Jews and yes. gypsies and, and things mm. like that. Um because they were basically preventing the rise of the Ubermensch. Mm. The the ultimate expression of humanity mm. in his eyes. But he hadn't realised what Nietzsche was actually getting at. Mm. Was that it's not about erasing the Untermensch to become the Ubermensch. It's about, it's about turning the Untermensch to the Ubermensch yeah. through knowledge, experience, yeah. and the removal of certain structures that are holding back humanity from excelling, mm. which is where the concept of God is dead mm. came from. Because he wasn't talking about God being no, dead as, a, as, a, as an entity or a concept, but the stringentness of religion, organised mm. religion, and how that is holding humanity back. And mm. the only way to move forward into a more utopian ideal, into a, a, a fully realised human being, is to kill the idea of God. Mm. Let that fall by the wayside. Let that fall as, by the wayside yeah. and look at what we have now mm. because if if people continually live towards being you know i i'm i'm following these precepts of religion and these dogmas of religion because in the next life i'll be rewarded with eternal happiness and everything it's the idea was no here mm. now this is where we make the changes mm. this is where we attain nirvana right here on Earth, in the limited amount of time we as human beings have, hmm. I got another question. Go, and I, I, we've been going for like, I don't know if this will make it to recording, but going for like two and a half hours. I now. know, I know. It is good. It is good. I love these conversations. I love having these conversations with people who don't co like. I said in on Twitter, you're not coming at this from bad faith. No, 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 not at yeah. all. And yeah. it's it's a discussion. Yeah, it's it is it's the embodiment of what you said at the beginning. Yeah, it's like everyone moves forward mm. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I completely forgot what I was going to ask you now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh crap! What was I going to ask? So after two and a half hours, we've come to the realization that I'm right, you're wrong, and you should listen to me. No. We're just we're just looking for the truth, buddy. We're, we're just looking for the truth. We'll find it. We'll find. We'll not find it. You will. You'll find it with me because I'm right. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, do you think free speech is being abused? <laughs> uh, I think people's like thinking about it because, like, you do have uh, a good point because that is what I said on Twitter. Um. 
and like when it comes to Joe Rogan, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quite happily say, um, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'll quite happily say, all right, you know, I was I was wrong on that one. You know, because we've we've had a chat, we've both kind of said, yeah, you know, this is what this is how you abuse free speech. It's when you say you can't yeah speak yeah you know so yeah i'll quite happily say you know what i was i was wrong about that you know that's that's rare on the internet that's very rare anyone who's listening this this red letter day for the internet someone you've got you've got you've got to say you were wrong about something now um no 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 100 (laughs) percent right <laughs> no, I'm wrong on many things. I'm wrong on many, many things, and I've been wrong on many things. I I constantly adjust my viewpoints mm. when I begin to understand things better. When I hear different or different sides mm. of things, I mean, um, you probably cut this out. It's entirely up to you, but um, no, no, no. Um, I, you know, I've been a stringent supporter of LGBT rights mm. my entire life because I am, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a bisexual man. I have been my entire life. Um, mm. So to me, it was a no brainer, you know, support LGBT rights, you know, do, 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 yeah. Yeah. all of that. And I, uh, I've been, I've been listening to the whole, I mean, the trans debate at the moment. Okay, the 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 hoo ha that's going on with trans rights and how it uh, how it interacts with women's rights, women's sex based mm, oh rights. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of other people's positions, people who I don't agree with. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've been using all of my audible credits to just mm. rack up philosophy books and, and, and books that discuss the subject on, on, on uh, you know, the gender critical side of things and uh, the mm. gender acceptance side of things. And I've, uh, my, my opinions on, on some of that have changed because mm. I've listened to the actual things that are being said by people who are gender critical. Um, could, about... you, could you give me an example? Um, Helen Joyce, um, she's a writer who wrote a book, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I just listened to it the other night, um, mm. where she discusses how, how, um, trans rights is conflicting with, with women's rights. Um, mm. there are certain situations where we understand that single sex environments are important. Mm. Um, now, for a long time, I was like, eh, come on, you've, every time men have had a single-sex environment, you've, you've sued to get access to it, and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. But then yeah. my experiences over the, over the last, uh, I mean, oh God, now it's, it's nearly 18 years, um, when I faced domestic abuse hmm. uh, from a woman, um, hmm. I came to understand the point of view of women who wanted single sex environments in regards to like domestic abuse shelters and mm. rape, rape crisis intervention and things like that because there, yeah. there's there's a trauma associated with the opposite sex 
Mm. And as much as socially I accept trans people as whatever they identify as, and Mm. I try not to misgender people out of just, you know, pure decency as a human being if if someone's transitioning from male to female or female to male I'll 100% you know support them in that I'll, I'll you know I'll adjust my language when speaking to them in order to um in order to make them feel comfortable and mm. accepted as the gender they present as mm-hmm. but there is a push at the minute that is wholly untoward for i mean the the um talking about like the the gender recognition act in the uk and that's mm. google now on my phone searching up would you like to know more about the gender recognition act no i know um <laughs> <laughs> but that the, there's a push in the gender recognition act at the moment mm. to um allow people to just simply self-identify with no social transition whatsoever. If someone says mm. to you, you know, if a, if a woman says to you, I'm a man, you are to accept. Mm. Even if they still present as female, still look female, still behave female, though behaving female is what I don't know because it's all, all, all this gender performance and gender... Uh, and all of that seems to be based on the kind of stereotypes we've been trying to smash mm. for the past 40 50 years yeah girls like pink boys like blue yeah yeah, yeah all of, yeah. all of that stuff and i mean we 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 we, we tried to do it with my with my yeah. younger son at the minute he he for christmas one year when he was i think he was about 4 or 5 mm. um he asked his mum if he could have a cooking playset a kitchen playset yeah I always wanted one of them. Yeah, so did I as a kid. I love cooking. Oh, cool. I, I absolutely yeah. adore it. I mean, you see that on my Instagram. Um, yeah. I love cooking. I don't think cooking is a gendered thing. I don't think cooking is something that's, that, that belongs to one gender or the other. It's just it's hmm. something humans need to do to survive. Um, yeah. But the, those kind of toys, uh, you know, had a gender reply to them. Um, mm. yeah. So... When I went round on Christmas morning to see my youngest, um, he had this kitchen play set out, and his mum's his mum was immediately like, "He asked for this, you know. I did, you know, I haven't forced him or anything." I'm like, "That's, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. That's not a problem." Yeah. She says, "I know it's a girl's toy," and I'm like, "It's it's not. It's not it's a not. girl's toy. It's a no. it's a toy. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's a toy. You, it, it, it's a piece of plastic or pieces of plastic. Exactly. You as." You ascribe, yeah. You've as- someone someone has ascribed gender to it along the way. Yeah, girls should play with dolls, boys should play with this. Well, fuck that. Action Man was a doll. Yeah. You know, GI Joe's a doll. It's a it, it. There's no there's no gender involved in it. Do but you think that we no go on go yeah? On, go but on. but what seems to be happening now is those stereotypes that we were trying to break away from that this is for girls, that's for boys, um, that we fought hard to 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 break down those 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 gender stereotypes mm. and expectations for decades and decades, and I thought we got to the point where it was it was it was so close, so yeah. close to happening. And then everything's wound back. Suddenly, girls who um, don't 
who don't like playing with dolls and want to play football are now that they're trying to convince them that they're trans mm. because they like football and not and not playing with dolls and dressing in dresses. We we used to call them tomboys mm. when 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 we were young. There were girls. There were still girls. They were just yeah. shucking the gender stereotype because they didn't want to. Dre- mm. They don't want to play with. It. I don't want to sit and play house. I want to go out and get muddy and climb trees and do this, and do that, and do yeah. the other. Yeah. And during my, you know, fundamental youth, we 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 we, we were accepting of that. Mm. It didn't mean that they suddenly didn't identify with their sex, mm. and the vast majority of them don't. What we found at the minute is mm. that um, young boys and young girls who show, who who do book stereo, gender stereotype trends, which are sometimes an indication that they may be gay later mm. in life, these are the first type of signs when they book gender stereotypes. It's what it's what's referred to in the in the in the gender studies as queering. They 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 queer it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, is and those are usually the first indications that a, a child is is not non-gender conforming, but non-sexuality conforming, mm. and it it can end up not being the case, and just you know end up being heterosexual, just having proclivities for things that are seen as traditionally male or traditionally female. Mm. But there's this thing at the moment where we're trying to tell those children and it's it's even come to the point where it's I don't know if you know much about what's happening in the Middle East but Uh, um, homosexuality is obviously against Islam in the Middle East Mm. and people can be put to death for it um, thrown Mm. from buildings you know we've we've heard all of that we've seen that Um, Jesus and what they've decided that if, and it's it's primarily happening to men over there in this case, mm. if a man is gay, mm. they force him to have gender reassignment. Wow. So that they cease to be a gay man, but become a straight woman. Right, I see. Yeah? Yeah. And a similar thing seems to be happening... With Over, the yeah. gender affirmation idea that we are taking kids who may simply be gay or bisexual, and we are telling them you don't identify with your own gender. That, be- it's kind of like saying, "This is your, you know, we need to categorise you." Yes, this is the category. We are telling you to be. This is the box. Yeah, society tells you yeah. you need to live in. Yeah, yeah. And there was there was an interview with um, with someone who used to work in in um, the the gender clinic in London, uh, the Tavistock Clinic, mm. um, where they'd all been sitting around with their colleagues talking, and one of their colleagues jokingly but quite quite worryingly said, "If things mm. keep going the way they're going, there'll be no gay people left." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if the push is that anyone who doesn't conform to the gender stereotype, mm. 
they have to go through yeah like you said in the middle yeah, east yeah it's it's a similar kind of thing and that's a form of conversion therapy now we all know conversion therapy is fucking wrong now I've, some of these activists who are who are you know um pushing for self identification and gender recognition they they claim that you know having having to have psychological assessment before going through transition mm. is an attempt at conversion therapy to convince them they're not trans and mm. when people start presenting as trans it, it sometimes it, it it happens just before um you know, just before the onset of puberty and things like that, and the, mm. the whole puberty blockers thing is an entirely different thing, mm. um, but related to it. But it, it gen generally, people who are dysmorphic will, and I'm saying generally here, this you know, it mm. doesn't, it's not yeah. everybody, but people who are generally dysmorphic, it starts to become apparent just before puberty or as puberty is coming up and they are feeling mm. uncomfortable about their bodies which funnily enough is what everyone goes through <laughs> when they reach puberty we all get uncomfortable about our bodies my cock's not big enough my tits haven't grown and this that, that 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 but they feel so you know they they, they feel so oppressed by the body that they have and I don't know enough mm. about gender dysphoria, but it is basically the, the gender dysphoria is where they are so uncomfortable in in the body that they have and the sex that they are that it causes mm. them so much distress that the only way to alleviate that stress is to transition. Yeah. So it's a little bit like. And this might be a bit of an oversimplification, but mm. it could be like, as you said earlier, with regards to disassociation. Yes, it, it is. Mm. It is a form of disassociation. You disassociate mm. with the gender that you were mm. born. Yeah, mm. not assigned at birth. That's nonsense. Mm. Which will now get, you know, us banned everywhere. Um, <laughs> But it is nonsense. Assign gender at birth. Assign sex at birth. No, sex is observed. It's observed at birth. Um, but if people disassociate with it, if people are dysphoric, mm. then there are two avenues that we can take. Mm. We can either help help them get through the dysphoria and into accepting themselves, Mm. Or if that's not possible, transition them in order to be more more comfortable in themselves and mm. to to live a happier life without the the mental stress and the and the and the pain and the upset that it causes them to mm. have that body. Yeah, I just I just want to argue with you for a moment. Go for it. If I if I may, of course. Um, what you said about sex being observed. Yes. Could you could you expand on that a, a little more? Um, um, yeah, sex is sex is observed because of obviously secondary sex characteristics that we have. Primary sex characteristics is where we look at um, is where we look at chromosomes and carrier types. Uh, people mm. uh, 
people have come up with this idea that sex is a spectrum. Okay, because because chromosomally, people can have different carrier types. Different carrier types meaning different uh, uh, different evolutions of the chromosomes that aren't necessarily X X X Y. There's sometimes X X Y X X X Y Y X and all of these different things. And they they say that that proves that sex is a spectrum. Well, an actual biologist has spoken out on that. She wrote a long article which seemed to people to confirm this idea. But the actual point she was putting across was that, no, Mm. um, the differences in carrier types are not different sexes, but different Mm. variations within those sex groups. I see. Variations within those sex groups, but there are two sexes. There's male and there is female. Okay? Mm. And then the immediate argument that would then follow on from that is, uh, well, what about intersex people? Well, intersex is a a developmental disorder, an in utero developmental disorder, mm. where at a certain point, the development has shifted from developing towards one sex to another, and therefore they yeah. can have like external secondary sex characteristics, um, like a, they might have a penis, but inside they have ovaries and a womb. Mm. That's a developmental disorder. It is such a tiny, tiny... T- and that's not to say intersex people aren't valid. They are absolutely mm. fucking valid. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But they're not a third sex. Mm. That is not an indication of a third sex. The human mm. being is a bimodal, sexually reproducing organism which means one organism carries large gametes, which in our case would be the egg, and small gametes, which is the sperm, which combine together through a process known as fertilization to create an embryo, which then speak, develops... Speak for yourself. Yeah. I, th- I think my gametes are <laughs> big. That's some pretty beefy gametes. No, the, the, the gametes are inside <laughs> your testicles, mate. They're not your testes. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Right, you can... I've got the biggest gametes around. All right, all right, all right. You, yours are the size of frog spawn. Yeah, well, nice. frankly, it must hurt when you shoot a wad. But uh, <laughs> it's like machine gun. Yeah, but th- this is this mm. this is. Oh, I, I was about to use the phrase. This is not up for debate. This is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it's 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 a fundamental truth in mm. all sexual reproducing species and people will bring across like the ideas of um, certain amphibians in single sex environments becoming the other sex in Mm. order for reproduction to happen within those environments Um, that is because of the structure of amphibians and the very 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 small differences between those two sex groups that they can have this spontaneous changing from one sex to another. And it's infected by the environment. Mm. So do you think... And and this, this is something that I, I've always... Well, not always. 
but I've I've come to think of recently is that a lot of people get sex and gender m- like mixed up. You know, they they use those two words interchangeably, which I think is bad. Mm. Well, it depends on what you mean by gender. Well, I've I've always considered well, not always considered, but I think now of gender as a a social construct, whereas sex is a biological. You know, you are a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. But with the the science and the biology in mind, you've just you've just discussed. Mm. Do you think it's possible to to change your sex? No, it's not. Or so it's only possible to change gender. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, this is this is this is where it gets mm, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where it gets dicey because it, it is not possible to change from one sex to another. It's it's possible mm. to change appearance mm. of one sex to appear as the other mm. sex. Yeah. Okay. Um what yeah. what people are calling the social construct of gender is not actually mm. gender. It's gender mm. performance. Right. right. Gender okay. performance is um, there are certain averages, certain what we would call norms. Norms isn't really the right term for it, um, but it's an understandable term. Um, okay. Gender performance is when you take on mass, on average, the mm. uh, behaviors of one sex. Okay. Mm. And how they present themselves in day-to-day life, um, not interests and things like that, but how how they interact with the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, men have more aggression because we've got high levels of testosterone. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, we are more likely to respond to things aggressively um, mm-hmm. when they don't go away. Let's not say that's right. <laughs> it's wrong. We we are, yeah, we are no, human yeah. beings. We are able to transcend those animalistic impulses that are that are pushed by hormones through our bodies. But for the most part, for the most part, but on average, there are major differences between how the two sexes perform through the world. Yeah, how they mm. how they behave in social environments and private environments. Yeah. Mm. Um. Gender performance is where you get the differentiation. It's where you find the spectrum. Okay? Mm. So this is where tomboys come from and femboys come from. People who are more Mm. feminine, who behave in manners that are, you know, they're... they're, um, Oh, God, this sounds so fucking backward, but it's it's just a fact. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, the sort of people that I'd look up on Pornhub, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has yeah, yeah. who hasn't <laughs> sat there and gone, "Wow, she's lush, and look at that dick." <laughs> oh my god! But no, gender performance. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's a it, people have confused it with expressions of sexuality. No, mm. which is where queering comes from. The entire concept of, of queer ideology. Yeah, is, like gender queer. I think they call yeah, it. One of them. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it's it's also termed as gender fucking. Okay. Oh really? Yeah, gender fucking, um, oh. where you 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 basically you don't you don't come across like the average 
person of mm. your sex would you've got elements of femininity and masculinity and some are leaning more one way some are more leaning the other way and these are performances of gender okay they're not mm. gender in itself gender in itself is simply another terminology for the differences on average between mm. the two sexes and how they interact with society around them society mm. doesn't dictate it because we've even discovered there are sexual and gender preferences in animals mm. yeah yeah and yeah. children under undeveloped children babies and things like that who identify with certain things boys mm. are more interested in things girls are more interested in people people yeah yeah mm. and that got taken to the extreme when people started assigning well women should be mothers and stay at home and cook and clean and do all that and the man goes out and does the work and gets the money and pays the breadwinner and provides for the family and da 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 these are offshoots mm. from how society developed in prehistory mm. where the stronger of the two sexes would go and hunt animals and other creatures for food a dominance of an area to allow them to get access to all of the um all of the resources, of resources. yeah yeah you know basically best best person for the job as it were yeah man man strong man go kill yeah woman not quite so strong woman not kill yeah woman woman not out there but there were some who were strong enough to go out there and do the killing and they did and I'll tell you what, I've seen Vikings and <laughs> the shield, the, the shield, shield maidens. maidens. Exactly, the shield maidens, just as capable oh, as the men, and and sexier too. Well, it depends on what you find sexy, you know. That's no, that's true. That's true. That is very. There you go. Yeah. That yeah. is very true. Yeah. I, I know you've just got this image of Catherine Winnick in your head right now. That's who's that? That's that's the blonde from. Vikings. Oh, I've never um, watched it myself. No, I was actually thinking of the woman from Norsemen. Actually, oh right, I have no idea, no idea. Oh, you should. Oh, it's, it's on Netflix. It's it's quite good. Actually, no, I like it. So it's probably terrible. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, oh, what was it? It was um, the Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, I remember. God, was, I was like, oh. I was like, oh god, I, I really like it because it's got Drew Barrymore in it, and I like her cheekbones. And then you were just like, it's f***ing off. Yeah, yeah, oh god, that was <laughs> awful. That was. But you know, to go back to what we we're saying about how society mm. developed and how these how these sex roles developed mm. was, on general, the stronger would go and hunt. Mm. And what a lot of people don't fucking realize is that it wasn't males who invented agriculture mm. it was the female of the species that developed agriculture because while the it's... males were off hunting the females weren't sitting there barefoot and pregnant mm. the females were making clothes building houses they were farming just... and gathering 
they were yeah they they were essentially building society yeah I suppose you could say yeah the very yeah. the very structures that society were developed on were a combination of acts by both sexes. So here's a follow-on question mm-hmm. with regards to what you've just said. Yeah. I think we both agree that in the past, you know, from cavemen mm. up to, oh, I don't know, the year 2000, just yeah. to take a date out of the air, mm. we have had, you know, best best man for the job, as it were. Men, men work, men kill, women look after children etc etc and we've had these very strong roles in society Mm. and i mean prior to fairly recently in history no one no one has dared challenge that you know not until we had like the sexual revolution or women wanting the right to vote yeah uh, remember only a few scant years before women got the right to vote did men all men get the right to vote Mm. The right to vote was only conferred upon all men after the First World War. Ah, because an, a, an entire generation died mm. at the behest of others who mm. had the power of the vote, which were landowners and the landed gentry. Mm. Uh, suffer, so, suffrage yeah. for all men, mm. and it did exclude women. Yep, absolutely. Bad mm. thing. But suffrage for all men was only mm. achieved in the 19 in like 1912 1913 and then after so, that came women going well hold on when, yeah where's our vote where's our mm. vote yeah where's our right to vote and they were absolutely fucking right mm, absolutely definitely. right but there's so, there's a long there's, there's a misconception yeah that you know, men, all men have had the power of the vote since time immemorial. Mm. Yeah. That's, well, that's just, just fundamentally yeah. untrue. Fundamentally untrue. So, it's 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 another stepping stone to the point that I, I wanted to make. Mm. And also I've learnt something about men's voting rights as well. Yeah. It's been quite a bon- quite a bonus, must be said. Yeah. Um which is that where does it stop? So, this is what I mean. Mm. Okay. First, we had what is essentially different classes of men. Yes. Separated by the, you know, the ability to vote, mm. if we take that as an example. Yeah. And then we have, like, the foundation of America, for instance. All men created equal under God. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I wanted to put the word God in there to see if you got angry. But no, you, no, you I'm not like going to get angry because, you know... Most of them were deists. They weren't necessarily Christians, but they were definitely deists. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. All men created equal under God, mm. and yet uh, I think George Washington had slaves. So. Well, yeah, that's right? because they didn't... Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's where fundamental racism comes in. But um, exactly. you, you also have to remember that, you mm. know, uh, slaves have existed of all colours. Oh yeah, and they still the ages, do, and they still do. Yeah, yeah. slavery still so, exists in the Middle East. Mm, yeah. So, like, my question is, where do you think it stops? Like, I'll give you an example. 
I'll give you an example. You've got men are going to be better at some things, mm. women better at others. Yeah. So if you take, for instance, how you said, and I agreed, that girls slash women are more about people, they're interested in people, mm. do you think that perhaps society should change to reflect that? And by that, I mean that maybe women would make better politicians than men, perhaps. You know, where, where do we actually start? Where do we stop or where do we start kind of embracing those differences between us where we can say, where we can say, you're good at this, you should do this. But of course, you don't have to. Mm. Or would you rather we see a society where people can simply do as they will? Anyone could be a politician. Anyone could be a soldier, for instance. I, 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 I mean, we, we've got some examples of this currently exists in, in in the 21st century but um equality is about equality of opportunity okay it, it's mm. not about equity of outcome it's about mm. ensuring that everybody regardless of who they are what they look like who they love what gender sex they are how they present that sex or gender should all have exactly the same opportunity as everyone else and that's mm. the basis of fundamental human rights throughout the world. Okay, mm. that's the fundamental concept. It was. It was the the idea was first floated with the American Constitution. Mm. It just wasn't practiced under the American <laughs> Constitution um, uh-huh. until the Civil War, until after the Civil War, and uh, until the Civil Rights Movement in the nineteen sixties. Um, but. What we found that is that countries that do have equality mm. are seeing delineations occurring again based upon what would classically be known as gender roles. Mm. I see. One of those places where this is immediately apparent has been Sweden. Right. Sweden is a very egalitarian country incredibly egalitarian country um, mm-hmm. they also have an extremely good social safety net extremely high mm-hmm. um, quality of life and basically nothing is barred to anyone regardless of sex gender race or anything like that but okay. what Sweden has seen happen in the decades since that became a thing was that people started choosing to go into the roles that interested them the most. And those roles were, on average, mm. on average, based upon what we would class as gender roles. Mm. So instead of seeing more men entering nursing and more women entering mm. STEM fields, we saw some men entering nursing but nursing still primarily being female-dominated. Hmm. And the same with STEM. As societies become more equal, gender divisions increase. Because hmm. people are given the choice. And on average, there's outliers to everything. There's outliers to oh, all of this. Yeah. There are exceptions to this. 
But on average, people will gravitate towards the things that interest them the most. And those differences in in sex-based interests become incredibly apparent. Mm. And then Sweden looked at it and went, but we've got this massively equal society. Why isn't all of these things equal? Mm. <laughs> well, because people have different things that they are interested in doing. Mm. And if they are given the choice, on average, they will fall towards those things that appeal to their sex more. Mm. That's not to say it's inequality. Or sexist, it's not. It, it's choice. It's choice, and this is what mm. a lot of people who push for equity forget. Yeah, mm. you've got politicians in the UK Parliament who very famously yeah. say on um, International Men's Day mm. that they'll only take International Men's Day seriously when 50% of these houses are male and female. Mm. But what we forget is that the politicians who are voted in, men aren't the majority sex in this country. Really? Yeah. We make up about 46%. More women Mm. vote than men do in the UK. So you're you're saying there are more women Mm -hmm. than men worldwide in the UK? Worldwide? Worldwide. Wow. And is is it that percentage? 46, did you say? Um, it's, It's between 46 and 48 worldwide. Wow. I... Ooh. Yeah. I see. That's... And this isn't to do with sexism. It isn't to do with 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 people choosing to abort men, or anything like that. Oh God, no, 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 so no, no, it's, no. It's it's none of it's... that. It's 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 actually it's uh, it actually seems to be a, a pretty natural distribution. Hmm. It's a statistic. It's a statistic, it? and it's a natural. It's, simply... it's a natural distribution yeah. of sex uh, among hmm. the in, in the animal kingdom. There are generally more of the female large gamete producing organisms than there are of the male ones Hmm. and this is to do with the fact of how species procreate (laughs) because you don't need as many males as you do (laughs) need (laughs) females especially in mammals which gestate (laughs) internally man if I could go back and tell my teenage self that Mm. I'd be so happy yeah there's more women there's more women which means Mm. which means there are less opportunities for men to procreate because women have the choice and that's not a bad thing that's not to say that's a bad thing oh it's wrong that women have control over sex and reproduction it just fucking is Mm. they they are the ones that carry babies they, they, they are the ones whose bodies go through these enormous changes, and sometimes dangerously so. Mm. Yeah, you know, like it, it's. I think it's very important to. How can I put this? It, it sounds a little bit trite saying this, but every, everything we know, mm. like our 
culture, literature, yeah. it it wouldn't occur were it not for women no. having the choice mm. to have children. Yeah. You know, I mean, also, it would also not exist if, you know, all men locked their balls off and said, <laughs> fuck you, evolution. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> well, we, uh... we die off as a species immediately. <laughs> yeah. On this, I, that was one of the things I was going to talk to you about, but mm. we are really far We in. are. It's like three so, hours, 12 minutes. <laughs> going to have to wrap it up soon. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, that, that's... I think that's one of the things. Mm. Uh, like, one of the points of contention. It's like, we, we talk about society... Yes. ...as something that our species has produced. Yeah. How we recognise ourselves mm. through terms like sex and mm-hmm. gender and then the science behind those terms. Yes. Be it social science or biological science. Yes. So... I suppose the question becomes with all the trouble that you see on on social media mm. um laws being enacted with regards to gender mm. are we now at have we yet to approach or are we past some sort of turning point for us as a species oh no no, no. No, there's so much growth for the human species still. There's so much more potential mm. for growth for the human species. Um, we have to remember, in the grand scheme of things, the, the human species is barely out of toddlers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, we we're 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 still throwing tantrums. Oh as yeah, a, just, as just a species. Watch what? Yeah, watch PMQs. That's yeah. all the proof you need. Yeah, look at look at any news program. Look at look at any. Any forum where people discuss politics, um, yeah. it's very immature, very very immature. There's still a lot of maturity to happen for a, for the human species if we don't destroy hmm. our species first. Do you think that's an inevitability? I don't think it's an inevitability, but I think it's a possibility because we are doing things to our planet that are making it uninhabitable for human beings. Hmm. Yeah, we're not going to destroy the planet. No, we absolutely we're just going to ruin we're it. We're just going to ruin it for our existence. Do you think perhaps, like what we said earlier, that even going back to the the forty k reference mm. and and you know Hitler and YouTube and Google mm. weirdly lumping it all into one about you know repeating patterns of behaviour? Yeah. Do you do you think that we're just we're locked into this never ending cycle of behaviour that that starts off noble, ends up going to shit? causes an awful lot of you know damage to the planet damage to us as a species do you think we're locked into this cycle do you think there's a way out and do you think that this cycle might be the making or breaking of us um i i, I think it's a cycle that we are doomed to repeat as a species because mm. animalistically um we're all narcissists yeah, I'll buy when that. it when it boils down to it, really, we are looking out for um, ourselves, and uh, as we talk about society as if it's a big family, mm. um, <laughs> and it's not. It's, it's a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. It is exactly mm. that. It's a neighborhood. It's a bunch of families 
all trying to coexist for mutual safety, um, uh, for mutual prosperity, as in the, the continuation of the species. Um, the technologies that we are developing and have developed have had pros and cons. There are always going to be pros and cons to anything we develop um, because there's always the possibility for misuse. And that possibility hmm. for misuse will always come from the fact that, as a species, we are very selfish. Hmm. Like the splitting of the atom, for instance. Hmm. The folks who made that were like, ooh, imagine all the cheap unlimited power we could have. Exactly. And then the people who were thinking, well, we kind of want to keep our neighbours out, so we'll abuse this and turn it into nuclear weapons. Into instance. a weapon, exactly. I yeah. mean, one, one of the things that we... Um, that that went wrong, I think, um, with hmm. uh, not nuclear proliferation because that's in response to weapons, but um, hmm. with the fears around nuclear power, hmm. um, has seen us not progress nuclear power generation technology any further from fission, hmm. um, and fission creates waste. Yeah. It creates toxic waste that takes hundreds and hundreds of years to get back to a safe level. Oh no, more than that. Uh, thousands, thousands of for years. some. It depends. It depends yeah. on the. It depends on the isotopes, really, and what the half lives are after they've uh, after they've been utilised. But yeah, like my ex's knickers, for instance, when they buried <laughs> for concrete bunker, lead lined, you know, for ten thousand feet under the and earth, and still you, know, that, you can you know. smell them. <laughs> make my eyes water oh. but we've we um, because of uh, and and you have to remember over the course of mm. like since the 1950s when we started with nuclear generation nuclear power generation mm. um there've only been a handful you, not even you can't even count it on one where you you don't even need to go to two hands to count how many disasters there have been Mm. Uh, Chernobyl being the one that everyone remembers everyone knows uh, yeah. but there was also wind scale um, uh, which there were was in Cumbria and, uh, there was one in Canada I yeah think. there was America, Three Mile Island mm. and of course the uh, most recent one which was the um, in Japan oh Fukushima yeah Fukushima mm. and you know, Fukushima happened because of a natural disaster. Mm. Okay, it was yeah. it wasn't a design flaw. It was a natural disaster. There was a, a massive undersea earthquake and the tsunami and the damage that it yeah. did to the reactor caused devastation. Um, Chernobyl was down to a design flaw. Not well, not a, not actually a design flaw, but a construction flaw. I think. Uh, no, I think it might have been design. Mm. I think I, I think I recall because the the problem was the control rods mm. wouldn't um, they wouldn't drop all the way. The the holes that were made for them were too small, so they wouldn't fit in. Well, Chernobyl had been in operation for a long time before the disaster. Oh yeah, oh it was like years. Yeah. but I, I thought that's what it was. No. It was that the control rods wouldn't fit in the in the little holes. 
so they couldn't stop the reaction. Well, I was under the impression it was a, it was because substandard materials were used in construction in order to save money, which is what caused the failure with the control rods, which then caused the meltdown and the mm. subsequent fire and explosion. Did you did you see that? Um, there was a documentary called Chernobyl. That wasn't a documentary. I mean, that was a drama program. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, it All starred right. Emily Watson. Yeah, that was that was fictitious. <laughs> it was based on real events, but it was dramatized. You know, what, you know what I really like about this. This is really exposing my own ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I come across like such a fucking loser. <laughs> no, no. If you were ignorant, you wouldn't ask questions. Yeah. There's not, you know, not knowing something isn't ignorance. Not accepting something is ignorance. Not not questioning something is ignorance. Not that's... knowing something is simply not having knowledge. That that's a huge you... difference between the two. You should have that on your headstone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sure someone's going to fucking hang me at some point. So you know, <laughs> I'll get my no, order in for the marble it. now. <laughs> <laughs> if you try, if, I think if you're hung, you, you don't get a headstone. You get a. Uh... Pit, yeah, know. probably. You get dumped in with all that that uh, nuclear waste. Come back as a, uh, yeah, come back as oh, Adam the... man. Ad... Oh, and Adam and Adam. <laughs> I was going to say the uh, the ghouls from Fallout. You come back as one of them. I wouldn't mind that actually. That'd be all right. Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one would want to come near me, and that that suits me down to hmm. the ground as a misanthrope. No, I'll tell you what, I enjoy having a nose too much to, to become one of them. Oh, but you know, I get my nose blocked every now and again, so just having a hole in the face would be fine. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point, though. <laughs> it's not going to... Uh... Yeah. And hey, you know, you don't have to worry about COVID if your lungs are half right away. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Any bacteria comes every... here, it gets irradiated immediately. It's gone. Yeah. Every every mushroom cloud has a silver lining. Oh, oh that's a appears. good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's my head sorted head then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, if it's all right with you, I'm, I'm going to close it. That's off here. fine. That's fine. That's great. It's been a, uh, it's been a blast, mate. I've I've enjoyed these it's last three hours twenty two minutes. Yeah, it's been great. Um, it, if you want to pop your audio on, like I don't know. Google Drive. Yeah, I'll, I'll load it up and give it. you a link to it and you'll be able to download it from there. Brilliant. Sweet. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks very much. That was really enlightening. Thank, that thanks was for doing a... this. Thank, you know, thanks for suggesting it because it's, it's, no. it's hard to have a fucking discussion on Twitter without, yeah. without it, it just becoming that... like a, a, an essay thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just sit there, you go, oh, God, I've got to get my next 280 characters in before they respond. Yeah, oh, no. Exactly. No, I've got a point to make. <laughs> Bash the keyboard. Fuck it. No, it's great, man. Oh. It's great. It's great. I hope, uh, I hope you do more of these with other people as well. You should do.